The Power Trip is a proud member of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. You can find more, more phenomenal Kaiju and Tokusatsu content at kaijuramenmedia.com. What's up, everyone? It is JDF the Green Ranger, and you are listening to The Power Trip. It's morphin' time. Lisa! Hello, listeners with attitude. I'm Michael. And I'm Nathan. And I'm JR. And we're continuing our journey through the Power Rangers franchise. In today's episode, we're discussing SPD Emergency! It's a red letter day here on the power trip because we have another guest with us today as we journey through the Disney era. Hello, yeah. JR. Oh, it's, JR. it's JR Villers, the JR Villers, the Iron Man of podcasting. Uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. Sorry. It's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. It's Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> some uh, of you will get a that. podcast finally a podcast that my talents are worth needed <laughs> are you saying are you saying that the drift space is not using you to your fullest potential you know i don't think they are um okay. we, we have uh we've been on a hiatus if you haven't noticed and it's not because i'm not saying hey let's podcast talk to the other three about that oh, well, okay gotcha only, well like, it's it's because That's why Jack, you go on other shows like ours and mine and all the rest of them, right? It's because Jack is lazy. We can all admit that now. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> I, too, used to drink a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but no, welcome, JR. It's, 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 really good. it's really good to uh, to get to sit down and talk to you about Power Rangers. Because I know Power Rangers is, a big pra- is, is another passion of yours outside of Tokusatsu, outside of other Tokusatsu properties and and whatnot and mm-hmm. kaiju mm-hmm. and Pacific Rim and all the things that you guys talk about on the mm-hmm. drift space and just nerd them nerd gasms or nerd them nerd in- stuff nerd gasm nerd gasm works okay Nerdgasm, yes, quite. Uh, oh, I saw. Wait, Ninjor? Who Whoa. is Ninjor in here? <laughs> I am the mighty Ninjor. Why is Ninjor in here and why is he weirdly aroused? I'm just- <laughs> I can't help it. I'm so excited. <laughs> I am the mighty Ninjor and I'm so aroused. Ah, oh, man, I lost it. Dag on it. I, I, I was, that was so good for that. For, that was like by accident, too. Our friend Danny can do a much better ninja impression than i can um, <laughs> uh but uh jr before we dive headlong into this i know we've got the three questions for you but why did you choose spd to come on with us today you know that's funny i think as much as i travel through the uh the grid as you will uh-huh. spd is the one i've seen the most i've seen it maybe three or four times now all ah. the way through and um 
I gotta say, I love, I love the the cop aspect to it. Um, I love how like sides play against each other, and how like you you know it's like dirty cops, dirty politicians mm. in Power Ranger mm-hmm. form, and I love it. Are All you right. saying that? Are you saying that uh, SPD is the most true to life Power Rangers of the franchise? Uh, yes. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that sounds like a lot that we're going to have to unpack there. So, Michael, the three questions that we borrowed from Kim. Ah, uh, yes, the, the three questions that totally was my idea, one hundred percent. So, so Jr. You, you dirty, dirty thief! You're losing those fingers. Those so, thumbs are coming right off. Hush, hush, Nathan. Jeez, come on, let me talk. This we. What have I told you about interrupting me? Um, never interrupt us, Maximus. Never in front of guests. Never in front of the guests. You never, never. undermine. You never undermine your co-host in front of the what, guests, Nathan. What, come what on. What does ectogamic mean? Take your own advice, but <laughs> what does ectogamic mean? Uh, <laughs> never without my permission. <laughs> anyway, we're still trying to work out the format for when we have guests because you, you are our second guest. We had the wonderful Kim on. Well, for, he's technically the third, but it's the second mainline episode. The second. Why do you always well actually mean anything? Come on. <laughs> because it's my job. It's in the it is in the description of uh, my job description as co-host. Well, I, actually, Michael, at every opportunity. I, I know that. And actually, we 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 do have a well, actually, that I'm going to mention a a little bit later from a from a listener of ours, but I'll save that for just a, in just a minute. Um, but Jr. Just so that the just so that our listeners can get to know you just a little bit better, I have three questions for you that I totally didn't you borrow. My questions three that I totally didn't borrow from another uh, co from another podcast or another uh, uh, show. Um, <laughs> so, who is your favorite ranger? What is your favorite Ranger moment? And what is your favorite non Power Ranger television show or movie? And it can be literally anything. Okay. So, uh, Ranger has to be Trent hands down. Okay. Uh, You guys, you guys did a great job of talking about him on the last episode. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I, funny enough, actually one time white dino thunder Ranger in case anyone doesn't know. Right down the thunder. Um, actually, when Disney had bought uh, Power Rangers, I didn't know this, but I was hanging around, um, I guess it was MGM one summer down in Disney World. Mm-hmm. And I uh, I hear like, I hear the dun, 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 dun. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? I turn around and there's a float full of like the Disney era Power Rangers. You had like, uh, Mystic Force, Dino Thunder, and standing at the top center was the White Dino Thunder Ranger, and I was like, "I, I, I am excited!" <laughs> yeah, uh, I've seen video of that float, actually. Yeah, I, I like that was a total surprise to me because I didn't know that Disney was going to even acknowledge the fact that they bought Power Rangers. So, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that was that was probably my big moment. Um, uh, Power Ranger moment, though, I gotta say, uh, wasn't actually from the show. Um, when I went to Dragon Con one year, I met uh, Zach Walter Jones, oh. and um, I told him my story. You know, I don't know. I know Nathan knows. I don't know if you know Michael. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I had uh, a brain cancer. 
and I was stuck in. Okay, the yeah, I think I'd heard this from I'd heard this from either you or uh, or someone else, but uh, or someone one of your co-hosts. But go yeah. ahead. Uh, but I, I I had brain cancer, and um, I I watched Power Rangers religiously because mm-hmm. I mean that's the only thing I can do in the hospital. Sure, sure. So when I met Walt Jones, I told him my story. I was like, you know, I love you guys. You guys are my past, my present, my future. Um, and I told him, you know, like your team was what inspired me to kept, keep going on and keep fighting. Walter came up and hugged me, man. He was like, thanks for being a fan. I was like, that is my moment. Mm-hmm. I got a hug from the Black Ranger, which was sure. awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, TV show, movie, all that. I got to go with the Spider-Man. Anything Spider-Man. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So just to clarify, is it literally anything Spider-Man, including the Japanese Spider-Man? I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man? <laughs> I love Spider-Man. It. Um, yeah, no. Without I, Spider-Man, we wouldn't yeah. have Power Rangers. Exactly. This is true. We deal with this it, people. This exactly. is true. We wouldn't even have Transformers, actually. Uh, mm. Because mm-hmm. that whole oh, would have a lot of things. That's right. Have, yeah. So I, I got to give, like, when I learned about Spooderman in college, I was like, I am all over this. Oh, so yeah. I, 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 anything Spider-Man. I love it, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Disney release Japanese Spider-Man. There's a, uh, wonderful. It's only a matter of time. I feel like, yeah, there's a, it's money there's a, sitting on the table. I'm just saying there's a wonderful episode in, um, I think it's, I think it's called six one six. Uh, the Disney show on Disney plus mm-hmm. where the first episode is actually talking about that. Uh, mm-hmm. how Stanley went over to Japan and convinced them to use Spider-Man and all that. And uh-huh. yeah, thus and, moving and, into the creation of everything else. Mm-hmm. And he saw super Sentai and tried to bring it over to the United States in the eighties. Right. It didn't work. And then someone right. else tried to do it in the late eighties, early nineties didn't work. And then Saban's like, Hey, let's make this happen. And yeah, listen to our, our introductory episode you'll learn all about this yeah oh yeah oh yeah, so. yeah and then of course you know it was this was 1993 this is around the height of jurassic park so everyone was like obsessed with dinosaurs actually uh, power rangers premiered just a, i think a, a couple of months after jurassic park mm-hmm. <laughs> i think you're right yeah yeah but you know toei had the forethought to realize dinosaurs are popular <laughs> Let's make Zhu Rager. <laughs> so we do before we can get in, before we can get started, we do actually have a, a few housekeeping items to take care of, Nathan. The first one being um a new review. And this one actually comes in from our Facebook group, the Power Rangers Legacy Facebook group. And it was mm-hmm. from someone who wanted to uh who is a listener on Spotify, but since Spotify won't let you leave an actual review, he mm, left us a review. Ratings. He left us a review in uh, in the form of a uh, uh, post on our Facebook group. So, Nathan, go yep. ahead and read that post if you don't yeah, mind. Yeah, and my apologies, sir, if I butcher your name, <laughs> but I will try. So, Gilherme Zampieri Piera Herrera? 
Close enough. I I don't know. I'm sorry. I I probably ruined it multiple times. Anyway, he writes, so in Spotify, we can't write a review, so I will write it here. You guys are awesome, and I enjoy your show so much. You have great chemistry, and it totally shows. Please do not end this show just because you have talked about every PR series. (laughs) I think talking about Super Sentai or other Toku shows would be great. Keep up the awesome work. Well, the fans have spoken. <laughs> Four Wait, more did? years. Four more years. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've actually, I told this to Nathan, this, and, I'll, and I'll share this with the listeners too, because um, it's no secret that this podcast is only meant, is, was only meant, and I, will, and I will put an asterisk beside was, uh, meant to be a year-long project where we talk about the franchise leading up to the 30th anniversary. Um, oh boy, we have things to talk about with that. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So, but, so yeah, this was only intended to be a year-long project, but unfortunately for me or the listeners or Nathan, I don't know which one it is. I just can't let it go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there are plans to do a second season where we talk about the available Sentai. We available not, Sentai and the 30th anniversary and stuff. And the 30th anniversary stuff. So we may not get through all Sentai, just the stuff that's actually readily available to people um, here in the U.S., uh, be- and the fact that there good are good lord, so much Sentai. There's so much Sentai, and there are places you can find Sentai um, to watch them. Yeah, but hey, Shout Factory, more Sentai, please! Oh yes. my gosh, right, right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's still in flux, but we're leaning towards doing actually doing a second season, the second season of the show where we actually do go through, uh, where we do a little bit of a U-turn and go back through the Super yeah, Sentai series. Power trip to the U-turn. The U-turn. Um, <laughs> Even trippier. Take care of housekeeping. Move on. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay. So we do actually do have a couple more housekeeping items to get through, Nathan. The first one being, we speaking of the 30th anniversary we did get a little bit of news as to this is not this is not official official yet but is kind of considered official it's Um, it's weird it uh, is really weird it's basically kind of semi-obvious leaks basically you dig around on the internet enough i think it's why it's like google listings or something like that yeah 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 it's a google listing Uh, we now have a title for the 30th anniversary season, so after Dino Fury, mm-hmm. which where's season two, part two, people? We have a podcast to run here. <laughs> but anyway, so it's going to be called Power Rangers Cosmic Fury. Super Dino Ninja Fury Force. I am getting so tired of certain words being used in these titles. <laughs> Yeah, but, the they, but they play well with the focus groups. Let's move on. <sighs> yeah, probably. But, you know, so we have a title. We still don't know which Sentai is being adapted. There's a given that title. I think now a couple of options have become a little more obvious than others. Mm-hmm. And we don't know a lot of details. There's other than some leaked information. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like it's going to be uh, eight episodes, mm-hmm. which is remarkably short. I, yeah, so there's there's a lot of theorizing, a lot of rumors, but nothing definite at this point. So mm-hmm. once we know for sure, we will be sure to let you know. 
Yeah, for sure. And the two the two Sentai that they're looking at adapting are well, this is what we think are the most likely. This is yeah. These are the most given the title. Yeah, these are the most likely candidates given the title. The first one being Uchu Sentai Q Ranger, which is a series from 2017 to 2018, Uh Uh, and it looks to be what little bit of research I've done on it looks to be a constellation themed, which would be amazing. I actually really like that idea because you've got look what appears to be Taurus Scorpio. uh, I think one of these is a one of these Draco. It's a really that's a really interesting idea. I think actually Draco Ranger sounds like a great name. Oh, it does. Uh, And the second one being uh, I'm probably going to butcher this one. Well, maybe not. Mashin Sentai uh, Kira Major, which is Mm -hmm. a series from 2020. So it's the it's it's one of the more recent ones. Mm -hmm. And that one is crystal themed and the characters are supposed to be a royal family of Mm -hmm. some kind from another planet. And now they're hiding on Earth, Mm -hmm. which would it has a it has a very manageable amount of rangers and i've seen some stuff on it actually it looks pretty cool and some fun fan theories that have been floated or floating around people are saying that they could if they use the crystals from the show as their power-ups you could say those are zeo crystals and i'm like ooh, a retcon that could fix one of the dumbest mistakes that turbo made i'm all for this oh, yeah. we don't talk about turbo no no, no. <laughs> <laughs> so jr since you're our guest i'm gonna ask you out of these two sentai which one would you rather them see adapt to the 30th anniversary season well i'm not gonna lie both of them have pretty good like uh standards like i could even see the the crystal ranger i could even see that being like the booms adaptation of um the Omega Rangers. Uh-huh. Oh, so uh-huh. that's the first thing I thought of when I saw the crystal. Um, and then the, 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 the cosmic uh, one, the Sentai or Kira Major. Kira Major. No, they, he just talked about Kira Major. The Constellation. Constellation. That's Kira what Ranger. I was. You know, that reminds me, just the concept reminds me a lot of uh, Zeo. Mm, and yeah. kind of. Yeah. And that, you know, not going to say that's already been done, but it actually could. I mean, how many times have we done dinosaurs? Um, you know. Three. Exactly. So let's do another <laughs> like Zeo expansion. Yeah, I could. I could see them. I could see that being the sequel to Zeo because although no, actually I, four times. I could yeah. see, uh, yeah, because it was uh, Mighty Morphin, Mighty Dino, Morphin, Dino Thunder, Dino, Dino Charge, and Dino Fury. Fury. Yeah. Um, so I could see them doing uh, Q Ranger and uh, and making that kind of the the sequel to Zeo because in Zeo I don't think they're meant to be constellations but they're mentioned they're meant to be like ancient artifacts right uh, or totems something or, mm-hmm. or something of that nature so I could see that kind of being adapted the only draw I feel like the only drawback to do of them doing Q Ranger is the just the sheer is just the the amount of Rangers in that season because there's over ten in that season. Mm-hmm. And they're well, trying I mean, to keep the team size manageable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, let's let's be honest. Kyrie, how many Rangers are there? It's like fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 
I, I don't know how well I haven't gotten the Dino Charge yet, so I don't know how well that got up. That uh, add that tag. There's so many. There's so many Rangers in Dino Charge. I've not made it there yet either. But I it haven't looks, either. It looks like a lot of fun. At least the theme song is catchy. Yeah, no, the, the theme song. The theme song right off the bat is what was like. Okay, I'm sold. Yeah. And there was there's actually there, there's one of our listeners um, that talks about how they really like uh, they really like uh, Dino Charge and they're uh, and they've kind of sold me on the they've kind of sold me on Dino Charge because it just does sound like a, an epic fun season. Speaking of that listener, the last bit of housekeeping we have to do is actually have to issue a retraction. Nathan, we said that um, up to Ninja Storm. All of the yellow rangers had been female. Well, we made a mistake there. It was actually, we actually had another male yellow ranger before that mm-hmm. in Titus from the alien rangers. That is true, but it's a little easy to forget the alien rangers exist. <laughs> it is, and that's why, that's why I kind of put it at the bottom of my ranking because alien rangers is a little bit forgettable, unfortunately. <sighs> It's one of those seasons you don't really remember. It's not even a season. It's a mini series within a season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But without it, I agree with you, Nathan, without it, season three just ends really weird. Even with that, it ends still ends a little bit weird. But anyway, go back and listen to our episode on Mighty Morphin season three and Alien Rangers. You'll right. understand. Right. So that's uh, that's all. Thank you to uh, thank you to our wonderful listeners who have given us feedback on the podcast. And if you want to be awesome like those folks, uh, you can to you can by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave us a rating on Spotify. And if you're not able to leave a review on Spotify, uh, reach out to us in our Power Rangers Legacy facebook group or just reach out to us directly on twitter and tell us your feedback and we'll read that on a future episode of the podcast so yeah uh so nathan we got to get into this uh we're already about 20 minutes in and we haven't even talked about the season yet so uh (laughs) which is not surprising Um, would this be an sbd emergency no i wouldn't say no that's no that's not it that's not it that's 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 a bad pun stop it um nathan transition us in please Uh, all right cue the epic rock music intergalactic despot emperor grum sets his sights on earth intend to strip it of its resources for a mad purpose to combat this space patrol delta forms a new b squad of power rangers by selecting a ragtag group of cadets from various and very different backgrounds with a squad missing they shoulder the brunt of grum's attacks responding to every spd emergency with greater confidence under their dog-like commander kruger but to protect the peace the rangers must overcome their personal demons and petty squabbles so Nathan, I had not watched, I had started SPD uh, a few months back, but I never finished it. So this is the first time I'm sitting down to watch SPD in its entirety for this podcast. And I got to say, there it set a really high bar for me. I would agree. In fact, it's, it's great that we're having you on today, JR, because I actually bought SPD on your recommendation. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those seasons where it kind of starts off with a lull, but at, as it gets on, you're like, holy crap. Yeah, it, yeah. It and does, I, it, I, was, I went into it. This isn't one that I hear people talk about as much. When it comes to the Disney season, I primarily hear people talk about Dino Thunder, RPM, 
Uh, in terms of what ones that they like, Wild Force, I guess. Uh, but <laughs> I was like SPD. I hear I, it seems like SPD is pretty good. But uh, let me consult with my friends from the Drift Space. And both of you said, "Oh yeah, go for it." So like, okay, fine, invested. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, SPD. Like, and you know, I'm even amazed because I've seen a few episodes of Decker Ranger, and I'm amazed at how like close the adaptation is yeah uh, that's a that's a good transition there because we need to mention that spd is based on tokusu sentai dekaranger which roughly translated comes out to special investigation squadron detective ranger and that's because deca is colloquial in japan for detective although you could also say that it's could be for deca d-e-c-a not d-e-k-a which is Latin for 10. Because there are 10 Rangers in that once mm-hmm. it's all said and done. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there are, aren't there? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, that is, yeah, you're right. Um, so I'm not, I'm not familiar with Decca Ranger. I have not watched, I actually have not watched Decca Ranger. So I'm, but I do know by talking to other fans and doing a little bit of research on the Ranger wiki and the Sentai wiki and all the wikis that Decca Ranger and SPD are incredibly close to, are incredibly, are incredibly close with one really huge caveat Decca Ranger is incredibly more mature and a little bit dark <laughs> compared <laughs> to uh, SPD. I found some things on the Ranger wiki where I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing sounds intense. Yeah, no, oh, yeah. De- like I've I've gotten a few episodes into it, but Decca Ranger has always been one that I've wanted to dive head into because, like you said, of the darker tones of it. And like I stated earlier, it's kind of one of those more detective uh you have to do investigation and stuff i've always been curious about hey what would power rangers look like if they are police so i really want to dive into deca yeah i'm trying to find that entry on the ranger wiki where it talked about some of those big differences i'm trying to remember i i think it's in the spd section but like they were talking about how in uh, like the sensor hammer hit SPD kind of hard. Like in Deca Ranger, the characters all used real guns, but they got turned into laser pistols mm-hmm. in this. And they would also do things like the Rangers would do a little pose, do a like uh, finger guns at the screen. And then in Deca Ranger, there would be bullet holes on the screen, but they got rid of that. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, SPD. I forgot. Like during, you know, like during commercials. Yeah, right here, right here. I found it. Yeah. Yeah. During Here it is. Yeah, in Decker Ranger, the, the Rangers' weapons, Zords, and even enemies use guns that shot bullets. This is from the Ranger Wiki. Production digitally added laser beams over any scene of a bullet being shot during clips of Sentai footage. In a similar edit, Decker in Decker Ranger, the Rangers would point their fingers in a gun shape, aim at the screen, and then bullet holes would hit the screen. The scene was replaced with a similar scene at a different camera angle with the bullets removed. <laughs> that just sounds intense. 
It does. Uh, and this was in 2000 and what was the year on SPD? 2005. 2005. Okay. So I'm trying to remember. I mean, even, 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 even by 2005 standards. Yeah. That that's not going to fly. And, uh, and plus it's Disney. Yeah. Plus it's Disney. Yeah. So Disney's always been very. Yeah. Great. But there's another, there's an interesting trade off with that because they also changed the costumes because uh, there are characters in this. They have Sentai counterparts, but they made new suits. Uh, define what you mean by like suits. Are you talking about like their civilian clothes? No, I'm talking about the alien characters like Kruger. Oh, they oh, made a well, whole new suit. Yeah, yeah no, and Birdie. They made a whole new suit for Birdie as well. Yeah, because well, yeah. in the because Kruger's Sentai counterpart looks like a furry suit. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else said that. <laughs> Nothing against furries. It doesn't appeal to me. If you're into that, cool. But it it looked like a furry suit. It does. No, it does. It does. It looks very plush. Honestly, probably a better way to put it is Kruger is cuddly. Yes. (laughs) Kruger. It looks like Kruger. Like like uh, SPD Kruger. You're like, oh man, I need to take you seriously. Sentai Kruger. It's I want to hug you. I cuddle you. You are so funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a. It's like it's like a gigantic plush. It's like a big plush character. That's what they should have named, like changed this middle name to. Kruger plus Kruger. Well, <laughs> that's that's really interesting. And we'll get into it when we talk about Kruger, but his name is yeah. Do- Anubis Doggy yeah. Kruger. But the, only- which, uh, the that name that middle name almost undermines the whole character, but almost because they go they call him Doggy the whole time. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, a couple more quick notes just to get some preamble stuff out of the way. Uh, this is this season is noteworthy because we uh, Doug Sloan and Ann Austin, who have been working on Ninja Storm and Dino Thunder, they left, and now we have some new blood coming in. And depending on who you talk to, it was good or bad. But Greg Aronowitz, that name probably doesn't sound familiar. But oh boy, we have Bruce Kalish. <laughs> oh, that name does sound familiar. Bruce Kalish, and uh, he came on, and he he brought some interesting changes to this. He started introducing more comedic characters and adapting the Sentais more closely. He also brought in something that, I don't know if we want to talk about it now or later, but something that fans have nicknamed Kalish Splosions. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even, even yeah, though yeah. it really wasn't his idea to do that. That was the special effects guys, but he got the name slapped on there. Do we want to talk about the callous explosions now or later? <laughs> let's, let's save them for later. Let's save them for later. Okay. They're, they're more, um, they, they become more prevalent, especially in yeah. those, cro- in those crossover episodes. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So, uh, but Jackie Marchand and, you know, stayed on and Cal- uh, just to show you the kind of pedigree that Mr. Callish has, he worked on shows like Mork and Mindy, the incredible Hulk and yeah. the fall guy. Oh, the fall guy. I haven't seen that in forever. Yeah, but Mork and Mindy and the Incredible Hulk. That's, uh, yeah, ra- that's, that's a random combination, honestly. Well, when you're a working writer in Hollywood. <laughs> you get what you get, man. Yeah, you, get you what do. You, get. you do. And so here's the thing about SPD. We're, spoiler warning, we're going to gush over it. But apparently this was a bit divisive. Some people really liked it and other times people didn't really like it. But this we talked about how Ninja Storm, they started interacting with fans more often online. That continued mm-hmm. with this. Right. Uh, and 
fans love the cast. They thought it was the best cast in the franchise up to that point, which you're not wrong. Anyway, <laughs> we love you, JDF, but, <laughs> but here's oh. the thing. It's funny, JR, that you brought up that you thought it started kind of slow, whereas some people think that it started off with a bang and then it started to struggle in the back half. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the, what's funny is, uh, just a few days before we were started recording this, I was like, uh, you know, let me go back. Let me watch the few episodes that I have watched. And literally like the, the intro of the red, uh, Ranger for the, uh, for Decca Ranger is literally a shot, shot, shot for shot recreation. Wow. Of what like same entrance and everything. I was like, Oh my God, that's awesome. And yeah. then, like I love when when adaptations get that on the nose with stuff. Mm-hmm. It was just yeah. really cool to see it. Yeah. Well, and who, <laughs> uh, Mr. Kalish learned just how nasty the internet can get because <laughs> since people were getting upset on the Ranger boards, oh baby, they went after him, and he was horrified by what he. Well, not just him. It was it was actually Kalish's kids went on the Ranger board and saw what they were saying about their dad. So Kalish basically just jumped off (laughs) of the ranger board. Uh, And when he tried to defend why they were doing the things that they were doing, they were having to do more filler episodes that adapted the Sentai a little bit more closely. He said that, hey, we were paid to translate, not tell original stories. Hmm. Which is really, which is interesting because I feel like now modern... now modern rangers from beast morphers on is trying to tell more original stories mm-hmm. right which yeah. is it's, it's a it's a such it's a such a shift in sensibility like you can and we've talked about the progression of power rangers throughout these seasons where those first nine seasons you know they grew up with its audience and then the shift happens with disney uh yeah, and, and now that the disney seasons are all over the place yeah all the disney seasons are incredible spd so feels really grown up but ninja storm felt I, I don't mean this negatively but it felt juvenile by comparison well i will say i will defend that slightly and say that i the the, the disney seasons are all over the place yes but the disney seasons have a ton of variety that's true. That's true. That. Yeah. And then a couple more quick things. The, this, uh, this season is noteworthy for a lot of things, but one of the big ones is that, well, it seems like a lot of people forget this was the first Power Ranger season to have a female Red Ranger mm-hmm. because the Red Ranger for a squad, and we'll talk about a squad, <laughs> <laughs> which is one of SPD's infamous things, which is recycling old props. <laughs> God, uh, yes. she's female she is female and Kalish said that he and the producers you want to talk about changing sensibilities they had to work to convince Disney to let them do that that is that that is that astonishes me considering yeah. considering how much Disney has progressed over the years that, yeah. mm-hmm. that, that they would have to convince Disney to have yeah. a female Red Ranger yeah. that's and hard for me even, to wrap my mind uh, around yeah, and he even said, like, that's a small step now, but he hoped that it would eventually lead to a full-time female Red Ranger on the show. Which is not out of the question. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. talk of that now with this reboot universe mm-hmm. that uh, Mr. Entwistle is trying to get put together. 
let's face it, and uh, Samurai, what's his face, didn't do such a good job, so his sister took over for a while. Oh, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I know that's. I know. I remember people talking a little bit about that. Yeah, I've I played um, Battle for the Grid. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was there. It happened. I was there. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. And then just a couple more quick things. There was a comic strip in the UK that had a different ending. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but only in the UK. It's it's like Transformers had a, a had different comics in the UK. It's kind of mm-hmm. nutty. Yeah. And all the episodes in SPD have one word titles. I thought there was something significant to that. It's just an in joke. Yeah. Another show that Kalish worked on. They're like, oh, you disappoint me. <laughs> I was really hoping that there was going to be signif- some significance to that too, because Power Rangers season titles tend to be either very descriptive or very punny. These were really neither. They were just yeah. These were ver- these were very snappy and I, correct. I yeah. I was going to say I kind of if you want to draw out a little bit of meaning out of there. I mean, I'm not implying meaning to it because the 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 writer says there is none. So I'm not trying to retroactively imply meaning. Yeah, we uh, we do not believe in postmodern literary criticism where the author is dead. No, author and Ted matters. Right, but if you wanted, I'm just saying, if you wanted to imply meaning behind the one word titles, they are very direct, which mm-hmm. kind of goes hand in hand with the theme we're going to talk about later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, you know, and I do like that they're clever enough to do some bookends here. You know, the two part <laughs> pilot is beginnings and then the two-part finale is endings right Mm -hmm. good on you (laughs) good for you show good for you show but like one of the main and we'll we'll shift we'll shift uh into the turbo (laughs) we don't talk about turbo no 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 i was going to say we're gonna shift into uh the next uh, the next portion of this, the next segment of this podcast, where we talk about the theme, um, song. The theme song. Yeah. So, oh my I'm, gosh, Wasserman <laughs> is back, baby. I'm gonna go <laughs> into ensues. I'm going to go ahead and start off and say, I really like the SPD theme song. I <laughs> didn't like it. Okay. I did not like it at first because it's got that really weird robot voice at the, at the front end. It's like SPD emergency, you know, and then it finally gets into it, but it actually is a really catchy theme song. And then by well, and it's Wasserman. Yeah, it's Wasserman, yeah, Matt. This is the only be. other time Wasserman had a theme song on the show of course after, it's the, be after the Zordon era. Yeah, and it's actually and not from a lack of trying. He tried. They just never we, took him. And we talk about on this show that our criteria are of a, for a theme song is pretty pretty simple. I feel like, uh, or, or pretty easy. It's a pretty high, it's a pretty low bar to pass. It has to be catchy. It has to be good, and it has to be at least tell us something about the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is, but in sometimes some themes do a little bit better in some areas than others, and they can still be good theme songs. What I like about this one is that it gets, it goes all, it's in this Wasserman. It is very much going back to the musical roots of the franchise. Oh, of course. Yes. You know, and it's got some shades of go, go power Rangers in there, mm-hmm. which I like. Yeah. It's just like we said, you know, like the Zio theme song, the Zio theme song is really different, but it still feels like it's part of the power Ranger music family. And this really because it's Wasserman, it really does feel like that. But, you know, and it's kind of expositional. It's not as expositional as other Power Ranger themes. It feels a little bit more like an anthem, which I'm totally okay with. Oh, 
Okay, yes, definitely. Yeah, because it's not necessarily explaining the show to you, but it, except it explains, by inference, it, it explains the Rangers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Just, just like the original did. Yeah. Well, it, it explains the intent of the show. It's like the the second verse is heroes on your side, heroes for all time, out to save the universe. No matter where you are, if it's near or far, you can always call out. Space uh, patrol, space patrol, space patrol. Yeah, I like I said, it's got shades of Go Go Power Rangers because you you have lines. You know, it's like SPD uh, Power Rangers, SPD Power, Power Rangers, Rangers to the rescue. rescue. And then there's go, go, if you, you hear go 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 go. <laughs> then it goes in again. So. I mean, the, the, the lyric, uh, the lyrics are pretty simplistic. I feel like, but at least I like the rhyme though, but I like the rhyme. I like that. The, it at least sets up the, at least it sets up what the audience can expect. And like we talked about, this was composed by Ron Wasserman performed by the mighty raw, which is not a band, but a alias for Ron Wasserman. A lot of, a lot of fans will get that confused. The mighty raw is not a, is a, is not a, uh, mm-hmm. a band itself. It is just an alias. Because, for, yeah, for because Wasserman. Wasserman is not only a composer and musician, he's a singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, great theme all around. I would say, yeah, I don't know if I would call it my favorite, but I think it's definitely in the top five for me. Yeah, it's not my favorite, uh, but it does. Like I said, it does, it's not. I, I the bar is fairly low on these themes, unless unless you're doing some kind of weird sounding rap. Oh, which, I don't, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll anyway, talk about that later. Just, just whatever you do, just whatever. <laughs> just whatever you do, Michael. Don't disparage the in space theme anymore, because you know, Jr.'s oh. friend told you you can't. So. Uh, you, uh, you need to have a discussion on your dislike for the in space well, theme. I too used to drink a lot. Um, <laughs> anyway, let's talk about our core group of Rangers here. We're back sure. to five. And we're back to three guys and two girls, mm-hmm. which is fun, which is actually in the Sentai. That mm-hmm. is from the Sentai. The Yellow mm-hmm. Ranger is female in this Sentai. Mm-hmm. Starting with our Red Ranger, Jack Landers, played by Brandon J. McLaren. Um, you know what, Jr. Since you're our guest, you 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 kick us off. What do you what do we what do we think? What do you think about Jack? You know, Jack- you don't know Jack. <laughs> You don't know TJ like I know him. <laughs> See what I have to deal with, people. Come on. Uh. Yeah, no, I, I think I think Jack is at first. I think he's a reluctant leader, mm-hmm. but he he does get into that role because he yeah. at the core he does want to help people, and mm-hmm. that is his goal. And as Red Rangers to help people, you know, I feel like we need to talk about two of them in tandem together. Because our Blue Ranger is Sky Tay, played by Chris Violet, and these two butt heads all the time, yeah. and they are very much foils for each other. And they're—it's one of the best dynamics in the show. It is, and it's, it's hard to talk. You, we can't talk about them separately, but we have to talk about them together because it's, it's an because Sky dynamic. wanted to be Red Ranger, and then Jack got named red ranger and it makes sense why he would be upset because sky is a very disciplined cadet he's taken this whole thing very seriously he's like kai from lost galaxy but cranked up to 11 
And Jack is just some Robin Hood type who's you know, running around, stealing from the rich to give to the poor sort of a thing. And Kruger just makes him Red Ranger. Mm-hmm. What were you, Now, what were you saying, uh, uh, JR? You had well, something to say? Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, it's an ongoing relationship that Jack and Sky have throughout the entire series. And, you know, there's that episode where, um, oh gosh, what's the name of it? Where Jack actually hands the reins over willingly and gives Sky reflection. That, yeah, oh reflection. yeah, reflection. And yeah, gives yeah. Him that one of the moment. best episodes of the season. Yes, it is. And you know, I think, I think, like uh, Nathan said, you can't talk about one without the other because towards the end, there, Sky even goes out to admit, you know. I didn't always agree with you. I didn't always like you, but I respected your decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, basically because they're so polar opposite. Jack is much more easygoing. He's much less disciplined. He either neglects his responsibilities as the leader, but at points he also kind of abuses it. So he kind of goes back and forth and that drives sky crazy. Right. But but at the same time, sky feels like he's entitled to be red Ranger because his dad was a red Ranger. Mm hmm. You know, so that's why they they play off of each other so marvelously because mm-hmm. you know, there's like what Sky thinks of Jack makes sense because he says you know Jack is undisciplined he's just got brought in I've been working at this for years but Sky also thinks like I said he just deserves it because my dad yeah he's definitely he's definitely a legacy ranger like he's been like this is in his family mm-hmm. like, this is like and I think. Um, it was either you or Jr. that kind of that hit it. Uh, I think the most accurately when when you guys said that it was entitlement. Like mm-hmm. Sky feels entitled to be uh, to to be to be Red Ranger, and you know that brings that brings some some hubris that needs to be kind of yeah hum- that kind of that kind of needs to be humbled out of him as the series progresses. Yeah, I think that's something we need to address because I know there are some people in the fandom who don't like Sky because they think he's an a-hole. But the thing is I I get it, but I think that's necessary. We needed that perspective where you have this kind of prejudicial uh, you know hard-nosed hyper-disciplined so- kind of entitled character at the beginning mm-hmm. because He's like I said, he's this foil. Jack, I would say, has better people skills. Oh, Jack absolutely. is much less yeah. disciplined, but he's got better people skills than Sky because you know we've already outlined why. But here's the thing: both of them grow over the course of the season. And I think that's something people forget. It's like you can start off with a character who may not be the most likable, but as time goes on, you can develop them into being better people. And we see that with both of these characters. Jack <laughs> learns to be more disciplined. Sky learns to overcome his own hubris. Well, Jack also learns that he can do more good. Oh, kind of, he can all he can kind of do more good from the inside, like you know, following the law than this than being the Robin Hood type character. Does that make sense? Right. No, because there's that there's that uh, episode where Kruger just comes in on all of them. And Jack, Jack immediately oh. comes back with, you can't, t- I don't care who you are. You can't talk to us like that. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. comes in and with Jack, that fight. Jack also stands up to Kruger toward the end of the series where he basically says, sir, you may not have a life outside of, uh, outside of these walls, but I do. Mm-hmm. And, and then Kruger know, actually tells Kat, I was like, he stood up to me. I like that. 
Well, you know, there's <laughs> something else that you guys uh, kind of glossed over. Not only does uh, Sky resent Jack at the beginning for being Red Ranger, literally Jack broke out of jail and stole the Red Ranger morpher. Yeah. And then Kruger was like, well, since you already have it and since you demonstrated your skills, I'm going to let you be Red Ranger. Jack mm-hmm. literally went in and took that opportunity from Sky. Yeah, yeah, which would make sense why Sky would look at that and say, you don't deserve it. Exactly. I've been working hard for however long. And you, stole, you, just, you stole it. Yeah. You stole it and you just get, or you just get it handed to you. That's not fair. Right. So, so the way the Sky feeling the way he does make sense. We'll find out later. Sky's dad was a Red Ranger who dressed like Time Force Red, which is only a little confusing, but I have a fan theory about why that is. A little. Because Sky's yeah. dad was in Time Force. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> my theory, my theory is that Wes donated his morpher to SPD in 2001, and then they engineered a copy of it. And so the, the you know, SPD wave one Rangers uh, well, looked right, like uh, looked like Time Force. We can we can go into that later in another yeah, episode. But anyway, but yeah. So and ever so his dad died in the line of duty, and that inspired him to join SPD to fall to follow in his father's footsteps. So, which is a really compelling story, and one we've seen, and, and one we've seen in a lot of, and not just cop procedurals, but yeah, because this, this feels like a cop procedural. Oh, it does. At, yeah, yeah. A lot of points, I which I really it. like. I just I do. I, I, I do too. I, I just want to put this out there i think spd shows that especially with i mean spoiler warning this is one of the best power ranger seasons that i've seen so far i think this proves that you can have rangers as cops and it works marvelously and i think we need more of that and i think it's important too because you know and I'm not I'm not getting on a soapbox. I'm not being political, but I'm just saying the 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 climate in which we live in, where you know we need we need more like positive role models that are in public service or that are in civil service, mm-hmm. so that people can see that that you know there is some good to be mm-hmm. found there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we saw it in, in Lightspeed Rescue, and it, I know we're. I think you and I were talking about how SPD is kind of the spiritual successor to both Lightspeed Rescue and Time Force a with little, a little bit well, of in space yeah. thrown on well, top. Yeah, I mean it is. It's it's a it's a combination of those three. Mainly it's mainly it's the spiritual I feel like it's more so the spiritual successor to Lightspeed Rescue um and a little bit of, and a little bit more time for and a little bit of Time Force than it is maybe in space. I think the only uh, the only thing that makes it in space is just the, the alien is the reuse of the helmets and the aliens live it. Well, no, this is mainly a time force thing where aliens live among humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's that, there's some underlying prejudice. It's not the main thing that's talked about. It's more implicit. It's part which, of the world building, but there is some was, xenophobia there. Right. Which I was really interested, which I'm really interested to see that it was not as, um, it's not as it's not a big a plot point as what other people have made it out to be, because that's uh, a lot of, a lot of people who talked about SPD leading before I, before I watched it, talk, talked a lot about like the xenophobia and, and the prejudices that were in, that were kind of shown off in SPD. And there are those things in there. Don't, I'm not saying there's not, uh, but they're more subtle and they're more mm-hmm. a part of the world building than they are very overt plot points as with the contrast being time force time force was built around that. Oh yeah, for sure. 
type. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, it was just an interesting observation. I went into SPD really expecting that, but it actually became more subtle than mm-hmm. obvious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's for sure. But we also get the payoff. I could, we've already hinted at one of the best episodes of the show. It was a two parter where sky gets to confront his father's killer. Oh yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk about it a little bit more later. Cause spoiler warning, that guy made my monster of the week list. And oh, it's very satisfying because sky gets to be red ranger yeah. to bring in the man who killed his father. It was very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, before we move on from Jack and Sky, Jr., uh, do you have any more thoughts on these on their relationship or the on the dynamic between these two? Well, like I said, that's an ongoing relationship that constantly needs discussing. So I, I feel like the more we go on through episodes, we'll talk about that dynamic a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now let's move on to our Green Ranger. Uh, here's something else I want to point out. I love the costumes this season. I think the costumes here are really cool. They're asymmetrical and they have, if you look at it, they have numbers on their left sides. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a Zeo thing where they have numbers and colors. And I wonder if that's supposed to indicate rank because Jack, the Red Ranger is number one. Sky is number two. And <laughs> Sky's basically second in command. I would imagine. I would imagine. So I would imagine yeah. it's probably part of the, I, 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 in, in something that's like, either like a, uh, a cop procedural or military or very like kind of government focused subject matter. I would imagine that indi- that's an indication of rank. Yeah. And interesting, interestingly, and this is in the Sentai as well. We said that there were two girls in the Sentai. This season is noteworthy because our two girls don't have skirts. Don't have mini skirts. Yeah, the Ranger costumes. Now their SBD uniforms yeah. have mini skirts, mm-hmm. but not the yeah. Ranger uniforms. And yet everyone lost their minds when Izzy threw off her skirt when she first morphed. I'm like, come on, this is not the first time this has happened. <laughs> right. Well, I think it was more, I think with Izzy was more it was more symbolism than it was. Yeah, basically. Than, yeah. But still, I think that but I think that was an interesting choice. And it actually makes some weird sense. This is these rangers are meant to be more practical in nature. Right. So, you know, they're not gonna think like, hey, let's give the ladies skirts because it'll be aesthetically pleasing. No, we, we need to make this more uniform. <laughs> right. It, it but, needs to be more practical. It needs to be more tactical than... Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh boy, they're power up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there, March. Uh, anyway, our- so our Green Ranger, Bridge Carson, played by Matt Austin. I love this guy. <laughs> He's really quirky. Bridge, and- Bridge is my spirit animal. I was about to say, is he your spirit animal? <laughs> I, I just, I love Bridge so much. Like the the way, the way he thinks is almost the way I think in a roundabout way. It seems Do you like stand the on your leftist, head? Well, no, like he'll take the left route out of a problem, circle back around and come up with a solution to the said problem. Yeah, I, and the most dumbfounded, well, how did you get there? But he's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm like, yeah, there's, yeah, there's lateral thinking and then there's bridges, you know, a wide circle scenic route thinking. Bridges, <laughs> uh, bridges uh, bridge awesome. Yeah. Cause bridge. he does things like stand on his head to, you know, uh, to figure out problems. Oh, that's something else we should mention. Like 
are Dino Thunder Rangers, they have civilian powers. Because we find out that their parents all used to work for SPD, and because of the experiments they were doing, that altered their genes. So when they had children, they all had superpowers. So they're all basically mutants. And Jack can phase through solid objects, so he's Shadowcat from X-Men. Sky (laughs) can make shields out of energy, so he's Invisible Woman from Fantastic Four. Bridge has... The most interesting one, because I couldn't, with the other ones, I could figure out some comic book character counterparts to him, but I can't think of one for Bridge. He has the most interesting one. Right. He can read people's auras. But he also has a little telepathic ability because he He is a little bit telepathic too. Yeah. He does see the future in a few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So his are a little more nebulous, but they come in handy. That's not quite powered by plot convenience, but. Yeah, not quite. But Bridge has radar. That's what he is. Yeah, Bridge has radar. <laughs> well, though they do play into that because sometimes he can kind of see, uh, you know, like very. He can see like a few seconds into the future, which allows him to anticipate when hits are coming at him. Yeah, I wish they had leaned into that a little bit more. But anyway, we'll move on. So he's. He's kind of the heart of the team. He's the bit of the comic relief on the team, but he pre- he's so, I don't know if this would necessarily be the best way to describe it, but he's so neurodivergent that the other team members are like, what the heck are you even thinking? And he <laughs> kind of rambles when he talks and they're like, Bridge, shut up. But then if they let him talk for long enough, he arrives at a solution. They're like, oh, we didn't think of that. Yeah. Nice job, Bridge. <laughs> you know, one of my favorite episodes with Bridge is the one, uh, I cannot remember the name of it, but it's the one where they're trying to explain the story to Kruger, and every last one of them has oh, a different perspective. 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 Yeah, and yeah. What, what I love yeah. about every that episode is that in every single version of the story, Bridge just says all the same stuff. He's the exact same. Yeah, he's the exact same. He's the, and so, in fact... He's the most honest one among them. <laughs> well, no, it's just like, you know, like nobody changes what Bridge says. Like, because that the premise of that episode is that the Rangers are all, all five Rangers are telling their own version of what happened on a mission. Sure. And then every single one, even when we finally get the actual story, like the actual <laughs> truth, Bridge is just saying the same thing every time. <laughs> It's it's a it's it's kind of a running joke, and I loved it. Yeah, no, Bridge Bridge is that running joke that always has a payoff. Well, you know, and speaking of payoff and Bridge, um, we're skipping a little we're skipping a little ahead a little ahead here to the finale, but Bridge gets a rank upgrade. Yeah, the the, he gets promoted. He gets to be blue. Yeah, yeah, because at the end, Jack quits, and Sky gets named Red Ranger, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more about the significance of that when we get to the thematic discussion. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. But absolutely. yeah, and then Bridge gets upgraded to blue, but the girls stay yellow and pink, so they're missing a Green Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have um, upgraded. I, well, I think I probably... I have, uh, go sorry. ahead, Jair. No, go I ahead, have, Jair. I have a theory about that, and we'll discuss about it later. Okay. okay. I was going to yeah. say that maybe they should have upgraded our next ranger that we're going to talk about. Our, our yellow ranger? Our yellow ranger, yeah. Maybe they should have. Elizabeth Z. Delgado. Mm-hmm. That's interesting that her nickname is Z. It also cracks me up because 
in any country but the United States. The letter Z is Z, so Zed. she's another Z. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she can be she, a little moody. She's the real villain. She's working the long con. She, yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Well, she's playing she, the long game. That's what she she's definitely, doing. We've talked about before how there are certain archetypes that fit into these different colors, particularly when we, when we have yellow rangers, particularly if they're girls. We say that female yellow rangers tend to be more tomboyish. Mm-hmm. And Z fits that not as well as some but she does have that tough girl streak in her because she's friends with Jack. And so well, she's, she's a, from she's, she's from street. the mean streets, you know, yeah, she's, she's a street, street smart. She's a street she's, kid. Yeah. She's Jimmy from the block. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, especially if you see her in the opening credit sequence, she's a little bit flirty, mm-hmm. which is kind of nice because she winks at the camera during the credits uh, during the during the credit sequence. So, like I said, she doesn't fit in quite as much as others. By the way, played by Monica May, lovely woman, I might add. I like her. She's very, uh, she's fun. She's a nice foil for Jack at points, but in a different way than Sky, because she's because they're best friends. She's the one person who could kind of speak to him. lovingly speak to Jack and say like, "Hey, yeah, <laughs> you're, we you're, need to do the right thing being here." An ass right now. She's, yeah, she's the one that like while everybody looks at her as like the newcomer. They accept her more just because she was like, mm-hmm. I want to do something better with mm-hmm. my life. And this yeah. is the way I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we find out that accepts her. Mm-hmm. And we find out that that makes sense given her backstory, which something we should mention. This takes place in the then distant year of 2025. Looks at calendar. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like Transformers the movie made in 1986 and starts off with in the year 2005. Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we actually get a date in this, which is interesting. Uh, I think it complicates the Ranger timeline a little bit, unfortunately. But we find out that Z, when she was a kid, she wasn't liked in school because she was different. And so she got picked on by people and that's, we get impressions that that was when aliens were starting to live in new tech city. That is where we are this time around. And that's that. And and that there is that, that, that nod to the, uh, to the prejudices that of time force of of time force. Yeah. Yeah. So the fact that she dealt with all of that, that prejudice, and then we see her as an adult and she's very accepting, like, you know, that two parter with Sam, because Sam yeah. was different and she was always trying to tell him, hey, I'm not going to hurt you. I don't hate you. I know what it's like to be different. Things it like al- that. It almost makes her very, it almost makes her really empathetic towards that, 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 that type of, that type of plot stuff. I, I'm, words are hard for some reason. It almost makes her very empathetic towards situations like that yeah. because she had to grow up with it yeah. as opposed to some, as opposed to our other uh, our female member, uh, our pink ranger, yeah. um, who we'll, yeah, we'll talk about her in a minute, but, uh, but Z, I like Z. I really, really like Z's character. She feels very grounded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think something that needs to be noted with this team, why they work so well is that they all have such different perspectives on the world. Mm-hmm. And then they have to learn to work with each other. You know, Jack is the, you know, that Robin hood type who's, you know, uh, he's much more laid back. Sky is the hyper disciplined, you know, overachiever who's got a, who's a little bit prejudiced. You know, Bridge is 
no one quite knows how he sees the world because he's just so quirky. And then she is the one who's dealt with prejudice firsthand. Yeah. And then Sid, who we'll talk about in a minute, is the rich girl. Yeah. She's the most archetypal of pink ranger archetypes, I feel like. Are we talking about her now? Yeah, let's move on to and talk about Sid. Okay, so Sydney Sid Drew, played by Alicia Perot. Isn't there a comic? Isn't there a Boom Studio Power Ranger comic book creator named Perot? uh, No, you're thinking of um, Parrot. Okay. Um, Anyway, moving on. So, admittedly, she doesn't get as much development or focus as the rest of them, which is a little sad, but she's the rich girl. She's a, a little bit vain. She's a little vain. Yeah. That's Comedic understatement. understatement. Yeah. That's a little of an understatement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's very, very pink ranger. Also, we talked about the pink ranger archetype. She is very, very pink ranger. So by having her in there, she's, she's almost like 2025 Kimberly. She's a little bit of a Valley girl. She likes girly things like dresses and makeup and things like that. But her perspective is that of privilege. Nice stereo. Oh my God. Uh, see, see you, it's funny you mentioned Kim because yes. I think, I think Sid could give Kim a run for her money. Oh, I, I, so I think that Kim, like if you put the two side by side, Kim is much more the, I feel like Kim like, is much more the tomboy than even Sid. Like is. I, in any Ranger team that I formed, I would not choose Sid as pink. I, uh, yeah, I she's not. She's not terrible. I do no. like her. She has. She has a couple of focus episodes where she learns to get past her own selfishness. She does, but then she goes right back to being selfish. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, not as much as I would say she could be. No, Nathan. It, it, Nathan it she has a song. She has a song that she sings that's called It's All About Me. True. She reads throughout the entire series, she's reading the same magazine about herself. This is true. But she also does things like share her birthday with Jack and advocate for Rick. So, Rick is good boy. Who wouldn't read, who wouldn't advocate for Rick? Rick is I, the best boy. Rick, Rick is the best boy. I agree, but I think something that we something that we glossed over. Excuse me. Oh boy, uh, something that we glossed over was that her perspective, like you said, Nathan, is a perspective of coming from privilege, coming from a rich family. So obviously, her and she uh, she's spoiled. Obvious, she's she's very spoiled. So that vanity is also a pretty va- is actually a, that uh, is a pretty valid perspective, I think, because it it contrasts it contrasts Z. It, it contrasts and me and, and Jack in a, in a good way. Like it, it brings in that perspective. Mm-hmm. And that, as much as we're talking about how she's selfish, keep in mind, she's working a job, which is interesting and a job that requires service. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's not, and she's not a hundred percent vapid. She's only like maybe 80% vapid. <laughs> I've seen as worse Ranger characters. Like 75. 
(laughs) Mock cam at your own peril (laughs) in the presence of Michael. (laughs) I was was just like that, that 75 ended with a question mark. I mean, (laughs) I mean, she's not my favorite. I mean, it's, it's, there's not, honestly, I wish, I wish they had given her a bit more. I wish they would have given her a bit more. I wish there was more to say about Sid, but there's, there's potential there. There was potential that was a little untapped. Yeah, definitely. I think that I really wish that Sid would have had more of a of an arc of a growth mm-hmm. arc than she did. You know, yeah. when when uh, Kruger at the finale is telling everybody how proud they are and how far they've gone. When he got to Sid, I was just like, "Oh, you're still here. <laughs> you're terrible." <laughs> Speaking of Kruger, <laughs> okay. all right. Michael, you're gonna have to. Uh, you're gonna cut me loose. <laughs> Fine. You, thou art cut loose. Bam! Oh, I love Kruger. <laughs> Kruger is one of my favorite characters in the franchise so far. Quite possibly the best ranger mentor I've seen. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think he supplanted the Quantum Ranger as my favorite sixth ranger. <laughs> I mean, I can see it. His oh day, my gosh. That, that, the Played day. by John Tui. We need to mention John Tui, right. not George Clooney, even though he sounds like George Clooney. He does sound like, it sounds really similar to George Clooney. But, like, uh, but it's also just complicated because we don't just have a sixth ranger. I had to change it to extra rangers because we kind of have four. <laughs> it's, it's, An- Anubis Doggy Clooney. <laughs> Anubis Plushy Clooney. Anubis That's the Sentai version. Same person. This is something that I want to bring up, and I was telling this to Michael. Kruger embodies what I think it could have been in lesser hands, would have been something that would have been incredibly stupid. As oh, I feel absolutely. like Kruger. In lesser hands, they would have leaned so hard into the whole dog thing that oh, yeah. it would have completely oh, yeah. undermined the tone and the character yeah. and everything. Oh, they went. They they almost went there with Cat, but they dialed it back. Yeah, well, we'll, which we'll get, we'll get to her. her. We'll get to her. But I, if in lesser hands, they would have kind of played him for laughs. He would have acted more like an actual dog as opposed to just being an alien who looks like a dog. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, so he would have been like barking and you know doing dog things and all of that. Instead, the most we get of that is he growls at people when he's angry. And yeah. it no, he, doesn't he, sound like a dog growl. It still just sounds like the actor. It just sounds like... Mm. Well, I would say like when he does bark, it's actually him being incredibly pissed off. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's just when he's angry. And I, I just want to say, Krook, I mean, we all love Zordon here. Zordon is the icon he always will be. Kruger, we need more Krugers in the world because he is tough, but it's from a very loving place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And well, that's what I love about it. He's hard on these Rangers, but he's hard on them because he's trying to push them to be the best they can be. Right. And maybe there's a little bit of resentment too because you're like, you're the B team. I lost uh, my A team. I work with Not the A team, yeah. but. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, I pity the fool who get on B squad. But he's, he's, he, he, it's essentially like this: like I lost my A team. This is what I'm left with. So 
All right, let's make some let's make some lemonade, folks, out of these yeah, lemons. But he, but he also does things like he tries to tell him like, "Hey, you can't be dependent on me. You already yeah. have what it takes. You just, so need to, you just need to figure it out." It was such a good focus episode on yeah. that on that very subject. After the, I think it was the episode where he um, first became Shadow Ranger. Well, no, I think it was the episode immediately after that. Well, yeah, it was, it was the episode right no, after. Well, that. no, there was one before he was Shadow Ranger. Was it? I'm talking about the one where they're all sitting on the couch and they're like, well, Commander Kruger. Yeah, Abandoned. I think that's the episode you're thinking of. Yeah, Which is one of my favorite shots of the entire (laughs) season because Kruger just stands on a rooftop watching the Rangers fight the Monster of the Week. And and he's just standing there with his arms crossed. And I said, that is Kruger's I'm Batman moment. (laughs) (laughs) Kruger you're right we need more Krugers in the world we need more tough love we really do because he can in the again in the in lesser hands he would have just been an a-hole he would have been a jerk but no he's not he's pushing them and you know, I can t- I can tell well, you from experience de- that the best de- pe- he's developing them. Yeah, he, the best he's, he's molding t- them. He's mentoring yeah. them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and from experience, I can tell you the best teachers I ever had were the ones who were incredibly tough, mm-hmm. but they always made sure to tell you I'm hard on you because I want you to be the best you can be. It's from a place of love, and that is very much what Kruger's trying to do. And much like Tommy and Dino Thunder, he gets to be a ranger. Oh, yeah. And, and I, this is one of, I, I want this lightning collection figure so bad. Like, as soon as I saw the two-parter where he became Shadow Ranger, I immediately went on to eBay. Like, where's that at? lightning collection figure? I need it now. <laughs> it's one of my favorite ranger designs. It is amazing. I don't know how his big old snout fits in that helmet. I'm assuming it's like the transporter. It's like a transporter buffer. It just kind of dematerializes his face to fit. I have my issues with that suit uh, because it is from, it's also from the Sentai as well. If it were me redesigning that suit, I would at least have some nod towards it being, they, I mean, they could have, they could have shortened the snout. They could have maybe, or I should say, they could have elongated the, the helmet just a little bit to accommodate. And I don't think it would have looked silly. I think it would have made sense. But, yeah, but you know, we've kind of talked about some of this before. Some the Rangers with big crazy hair. How does it fit in that helmet? Yeah, that's true. That is well, true. While we're talking about that suit, I isn't that the first suit that actually has muscle on it too? Oh, uh, like outside think, of Battleizers, probably. Well, outside of Battleizers, I think it is. I think that's our first like buff Ranger. But you're right. That is one of the most bad A suits I have seen. Oh, I love this suit. I uh, just when he shows up. And the thing that's interesting about Kruger is we talked about how he's hard. He he's he's implied to be a workaholic. But what's interesting about Kruger is I think a lot of the way he is both positive and negative actually comes from a very interesting place because he has connections to our villain. Oh, and I think he suffers from PTSD. Oh, definitely. I oh, think yeah, he for sure. I think he really does have PTSD because we find out that Grum invaded his home world of Sirius, which is mm. also called the Dog Star. Interestingly, he's at least at the time, he thinks he's the last of his kind. I thought it was his, Cerberus, not Sirius. Oh, Sirius. no, it was Sirius. It's Sirius. Yeah, right. Sirius. It was Sirius. Yeah. 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 And he thinks he's the last of his kind, the only survivor of his planet. 
and he fought to protect it. He failed. And we're told at the the very least, he probably saw his wife die. Mm -hmm. We are led to believe that. We are led to believe the Icenia. Again, Anubis, Isis, Egyptian gods all around. Anubis had a dog head. So there you go. And so... Well, so he's he, he has a lot of trauma and he doesn't tell anybody about it not, not until o- later not only does he supposedly see his wife die but he he loses his entire team mm-hmm. his like team he, his he planet he lost everything he mentions uh that he was a part of the first spd team mm-hmm. and he lost the entire team that day mm-hmm. along with his wife yeah oh, that's yeah, a lot to shoulder and he i don't th- i it took cat to drag it out of him to tell the Rangers to be vulnerable because I don't think he wanted to. I think he wanted to keep that display of strength going. You know, he didn't want people to know that he was dealing with trauma because he was probably afraid it would make him look weak. And you don't want to. A, a lot of leaders don't like showing weakness. Spoiler alert: That's actually uh, a candidate for one of my best lines is in that episode. Oh yes, well I have some from that episode as well. So I I just, I love Kruger. He's one of the most dynamic characters in a season full of dynamic characters. He's one of the most dynamic. He's, he's top five, if not top three Rangers for me so far. I love Kruger. Oh, (laughs) And I thought, I thought Kruger was going to be cheesy. I I went into this thing like, this is going to be a little bit silly, isn't it? And it wasn't, it was the polar opposite of silly. It was the, the prosthetic. That got better as the season went on. It did. And I was going to point that out that the, 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 even the prosthetic, although the proportions and the prosthetic look a little bit unbalanced and absurd at times, like there is, there is a lot of like life to this prosthetic. And, uh-huh. the, and, and this is not knocking what Toei was able to do with their version of commander Kruger, but yeah, um, yeah, but I think if I remember correctly, I think this new suit was made by the Chiodo brothers. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. And they are experts at this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, th- just to piggyback off of what you just said too, a minute ago, Nathan, I think there's a little bit of survivor's guilt with, with Kruger as oh, well. For sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's what makes him compelling. And I love how that's like, it's always kind of just below the surface until he actually talks about it. Mm-hmm. But you know, once you know that, you can see how that motivates everything he does. Why he's yeah, he's so dogged in his pursuit of justice and in pushing the Rangers and everything and stopping Grum. It it all makes so much so much sense, and I he's love a, it. I mean, he's incredibly dogmatic, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Both of you, boo. <laughs> you're on the wrong show my friend but yeah so i and and credit has to be given to john tui he plays this character expertly very much so yeah he he is so incredibly good in this role and sometimes his voice acting kind of makes up for any of the shortcomings on the suit Mm -hmm. i'd let this i'd let this man read me a storybook or i'd let this man read me the box or the back of the cereal box yeah uh, and and you know, like I, I mentioned earlier, he does bring that dog aspect out when he gets angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love. Oh my god, I love how he plays that. Yeah, it's it's just so good. I like Kru- I could talk about Kruger all day, <laughs> and we're and we're we're going to talk about Kruger some more later on when we get to thematics. But we need to move on to, to- our uh, our other 
extra ranger who is by comparison much less interesting <laughs> they're okay so they are interesting because they're they're trying to create this mystery around them but they kind of spoil that within the first i think it's like the first couple of episodes that yeah he's a- the omega ranger who is sam we talked about there was this little boy named sam that Z kind of befriends, well, spoiler warning, from 20 years further into the future, we find out he grew up and became a ranger, just like he said he was going to. And he traveled back in time to help the rangers because time force. And for whatever I wish reason, they would have saved that. Into, what? I wish they would have saved that to, to the end. Yeah. Like the um, that, reveal, that, that revelation. It feels Yeah. Cool. And yeah. then he during the process of time travel, he turns into a ball of light so we can save on actually having to have another face actor, I guess. It's weird. Budget cuts. I don't like it. It's kind of silly. And they don't, I don't want to harp too hard on SPD because I love it, but one of the things I wish they had done is leaned more into the fact that he's from the future and he has knowledge of future events. They only yeah. do that in the first couple of episodes where we see him properly. He appears in a few episodes as a ball of light. And I was just like, what the heck is that? And even the ranchers are like, what the heck is that? But then when we see him as a ranger, you know, it, they only do that for about one episode. And then after that, they're more concerned about using his light ball form. Yeah. There's, there's a whole lot of play with uh, time travel in here. That really <laughs> Not, almost as much as time force. It's kind of nutty. Yeah, but you know that's that's a concept I really wish they leaned into. That <laughs> it, they seem to forget their own rules. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. He, oh, he has. Yeah. I, although I will admit, it's kind of amusing that the Omega Rangers' primary weapon is the power glove. It's so bad. <laughs> It's an N64 glove. <laughs> well, no, at, this point, at this point, it would have been the GameCube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. In the not-too-distant future of 2025. <laughs> well, then it would be the uh, the Wii U glove. <laughs> oh, my. oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's weird. It's like this it's like this uh, gauntlet thing and it has a handle that comes up and he moves the handle around and switches modes with it. It's, and then he does the power guys from King of fighters with it. I'm just So, <laughs> so Sam reminds me and I really don't want to talk about it. So we won't, but we, uh, Sam reminds me of something straight out of turbo. A we little bit. I could talk see it. About turbo. <laughs> oh no, no. But even the Zord, like in uh Oh gosh, the Zord that almost got the W the uh I I, I can't believe that happened to War because his freaking vehicle at Zord is a unicycle. Oh well, Who no, thought no, this his, was a good idea. His bike is a unicycle. The Zord is a motorcycle that the Zord Okay, had- motors the motorcycle is epic. And <laughs> We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I, you know, he, what was it in, uh, in car ranger, pol- the policeman. Blue Centurion. Blue yeah, Centurion. Signal man. Yeah. Had a Zord. And that Zord reminds me exactly of Sam's. I mean, I can say that. I mean, I, because the, the, um, Oh, I can, the, the, I cannot remember what the blue Centurion Zord was. Oh, it was shit. a police car. It, yeah, it was a police car, but I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, the police car that, uh, blue Centurion drove. I can, yeah, I can see that. And actually I 
kind of see more of a resemblance with the um uh with the spd megazord than than with maybe even the omega zord or the yeah. omega rangers bicycle sort I mean, of thing yeah they're both car related but i just i have that whole sam thing reminds mm-hmm. me of S- of turbo and we don't talk about turbo so yeah yeah he compared to kruger he is infinitely less interesting he could like, have been more interesting but he's not he could have been more interesting if they would have saved that revelation towards the end that he was Sam or that, that he was he, from the future? That he was Sam. That I, he was Sam. I think it, I think the reveal that it was Sam would have been a lot better save toward the end. Yeah. But again, with Sam and the time travel, they have, they forget their own rules. Mm-hmm. And I, His, I, I mean, the I blue centurion Zord was the robo racer. Oh, oh thank you yeah hey. yeah yeah and it's the uh it's the omega it's the omega, omega max, max cycle and the omega max megazord yeah. yeah yeah um but i know i'm looking too much into it for power rangers but the mm-hmm. time travel aspect of sam makes me angry <laughs> like is this terminator rules or is this back to the future rules why does it ma- but why does it make you angry jr well all right so sam came back in time we're we're this is getting all over the place. It's several different episodes. So Sam came back in time to prevent SPD from falling. Right. Therefore he changed the future. Right. Now when the Nova Ranger comes in, she says, I've been looking all over the place for you. If you've changed the future, doesn't the records of Sam being at SPD say, Hey, this is where I am. Come look for me. (laughs) We'll talk about the Nova Ranger later for 30 seconds. <laughs> because that's all she was in it for. Yeah, yeah. basically. So uh, our, the other extra Ranger that we need to talk about is Cat or the Cat uh, Manx, who was the quote unquote Cat Ranger. And depending on who you talk to, she was orange or white. No one can agree. Cat uh, Manx played by Michelle Langston. We're just going to acknowledge that she got to be a Power Ranger for one episode, and it was fun because Kat has more to talk about as a supporting character than she does as a Ranger. But and I, I wish, wish she had been a Ranger more often. Uh, you know, <laughs> she had to have more. She had to have more time left on that more for for the finale. I'm just I, saying. I agree. I, I, the, the finale would have been the place to bring her back. Oh yeah, absolutely. But I, I, we'll, we'll talk about Cat in a minute. I, I like Cat, but we'll, we'll talk about her in a minute. So we're going to move on to the Nova Ranger for thirty seconds. Talk about her, uh, voiced by. Yeah, she comes out of nowhere in the finale. Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> I, I'm just like, why are you here? Seriously, why are you here? I mean, it's cool that we got another girl on the team for 30 seconds, but why are you here? No setup, nothing. There's no foreshadowing. Just look, I'm here by the toy. I was in a Sentai, but we didn't use any of her footage. You know, I, 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 uh, when I was watching that episode, I was like, why do I remember something about a cowboy hat in this episode? And then Nova (laughs) Ranger shows up and I go, Oh, (laughs) that's why. (laughs) 
Uh, okay, so there's not much to talk about the Nova Ranger, voiced yeah. by uh, Antonia, Antonia Preble, who Antonia comes back Preble. later yeah. as a Ranger. Right. Um, she comes. She she comes back later in Mystic Force. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the I, I don't know what else to say about the Nova Ranger. Is she's there for thirty seconds and then leaves. She, she's there. She's a thing. She's a yep. thing. So and let's get back to no let's, one knows the name of the actress when we get to see her face for all of half a second. Yeah. So oh. let's um, let's talk about let's go back to talk about Cat now. Yes. <laughs> in the supporting cast, I love Cat. I love Cat. Too. <laughs> oh, Cat's amazing. Cat is amazing. Again, in lesser hands, they would have just played up the fact that she's a cat-like alien. You know, cats and dogs. Let's have them fight because they're cats and dogs. Get it? Uh-huh. Get it? Get it? They don't. I would have thought they would have tried to go like, go like, uh, what is her name? Uh, the Halle Berry Catwoman with this? Oh, Instead, God. it was much less Halle Berry Catwoman than I would have thought. It's more like Dark Knight, Retur- uh, Dark Knight Rises Catwoman for the most I part. Bet. Now, when she gets angry at a few points, like when bad guys yeah. are attacking her, she'll hiss at them. One of the things that is great about Cat is that she's kind of. I don't want to say she's the alpha, but she's the techie. She makes all the toys. Yeah, she the does. Rangers. She is. She's her characterization is a little bit like Miss Fairweather. A little bit, a little bit. And, and by the way, Michelle Langston is a lovely woman. Absolutely very lovely woman. Oh yeah, that very much so. Yes, and it, oh, so we we got another hot nerd on here, and I'm not opposed to hot nerds. <laughs> but but one of the things that I love about her is that she is basically the only person in SPD who I think even though he doesn't necessarily appreciate it all the time he's she's the one person who I think has permission to talk back to Kruger and put him in his place because she well, does it that's you know that's one thing I was saving for cat uh, to come up if if Kruger is coming at the Rangers from a father figure of experience and all that kind of stuff. Cat is definitely coming at them from a motherly side. Mm-hmm. Like she's that, nicer. She well, there's that that scene still going back to Shadow where um, Kruger just lays into him, and um, like two seconds later, Cat comes around the corner and is like, "Hey, let me explain some stuff." You know, she she consoles them after mm-hmm. the harsh uh, beating they got. So mm-hmm. she does. And she also when she thinks Kruger's out of line, she goes to him and says, you're out of line. Right. Oh, yeah. So I would argue this this series has more of a ranger family than like any other does. Oh, I would agree with you. And well, it's, uh, it's more like a it's more like a brotherhood than it is a family. And if you and we talked a little bit about that when we talked about um uh, Lightspeed Rescue, like yeah. you, know, mm-hmm. you know, when you have the when you have the commonality of of civil service, uh, whether that be public service or military, it's it's more so much. It's more so a, like a missional brotherhood than it is necessarily a family. It, right. it is it's its own family. I get that, but it's more like a missional. It's more like an on mission brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But th- it, 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 like I said, she keeps Kruger in line. She's brilliant. <laughs> she almost she gets a promotion but ends up deciding by the end of it after she gets to be a ranger for a hot minute that she would rather emphasis on the hot that she yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that she would rather stay there because everything falls apart without her so she mm-hmm. was vital to what was going on 
But when she, but when she becomes a ranger, I mean, I really wanted more of that. I really wanted more of her in the suit. Funny enough, uh, the Sentai actually has uh, her in the suit longer. It has more uh, footage of her in the suit, right? And I'm imagining that I'm imagining the reason why they put the why they put the is it is it is it in the Sentai that she that she can only be a ranger for a limited time, or is that just a manufactured thing for SPD? Now I haven't watched it. Uh, I haven't watched the entirety of that, but I do know uh, a lot of it was cut because in the Sentai, uh, her name is Swan. Yes, she's a, she's the she's, Swan she's Ranger. She's the Swan Ranger, and mm-hmm. a lot of the footage that they cut have like very feminine Swan like attacks. Mm-hmm. So that's probably the reason they cut it because you know didn't fit at, the motif. Yeah, it didn't, didn't fit, fit the, the motif. motif. Gotcha. But I that think makes sense. I think it is still somewhat the same um, because she's Swan is very much the tech guru in uh, Deku Ranger. Okay. Okay. So I guess what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Okay, gotcha. I got more. I got more. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We yeah, know. I know we did. know. I'm, I'm rubbing off on I'm rubbing off on you. And sometimes for the best, sometimes for the worst. Anyway. Sometimes. Sometimes. We, yeah. We might, but we, uh, like, like I said, she's great. I, I think she does provide a great counterpoint to Kruger. She's more motherly compared right. to Kruger being the father figure. And, you know, she she also offers a different perspective on things. And thankfully, they don't lean into the cat stuff nearly as much as I think they could have. That would have, again, undermined things and made it really obnoxious, made them, you know, butt heads with Kruger more often mm-hmm. because cats and dogs, man. But here's the thing. I also found out that one of the things that kind of upset fans when SPD was on is her dynamic with Kruger is so good that people thought that they were attracted to each other. And then Isinia, spoiler warning, turns out to still be alive. Yeah, I've read this. I've read the the love triangles, the love triangle stuff before on SPD. And I personally don't see it. But I can understand why fans can come to that conclusion. But I'm definitely, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I understand it. I just, I, I look at their friendship as she was the one there to console him after the battle. Which after is a the- really, which is a really kind of interesting concept. If she was there to console Kruger after the battle, after he's lost his family, after he's lost his, his entire squadron. I get that. Like, I get that. Like, you're emotionally distraught at that point, and you're looking for some kind of um, connection or something to ground you. I get that. Which uh, only, we go back to Shadow, or I go back to Shadow so much, but like in Shadow Part 2, where he saves Cat, it only reinforces that to me. The way he holds her, and as she's Mm -hmm. either walking away, it's a very, like, I care for you, protective kind of walk. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say there's much there's a romantic relationship there, but I got mm-hmm. that, you know, close friend. Yeah, right. I would agree with you there. I understand why fans would have seen it, but you know, as amusing as it would have been, I like their relationship as is. Anyway, let's move on to our next supporting cast member, Boom, who's kind of the orange ranger, kinda, but only kinda. in a dream. 
Kind of. And then he makes a makeshift costume? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Kind of. Uh, played by Kelson Henderson. I th- get the feeling this was, he's very much a Bruce Callish kind of character because Bruce Callish wanted more comical characters in this. Yeah. And he, in some ways, he reminds me a bit of Bulk and Skull, but not as bullyish. Actually, he's not a bully at all. But he, again, in lesser hands, he would have been really annoying, but he's the comic relief of the entire show. He's a he's a bit of a dork, but a lovable kind of dork. He tried to get into SPD. He washed out in three days. But Kruger, because he's Kruger, said, you know what? I see your dedication. I'm going to give you a job. Well, what do I get to do? You get to test all of our gear. <laughs> we get to blow you up. Yes. But he does it. He he does it because he's like because he's dedicated to the cause. If he even if he gets you know the the worst job at SPD, yeah, he and still does I, it. I get it because he's proud to help the cause. Yes, it's it's the and that's dedication. What, that's the most endearing thing about Boom. Yeah, <laughs> he even gets he even gets a focus episode, and it's a fun focus episode because that's when we learn that even though he's a doofus, the Rangers like him and they try to help him out. Yeah, it's, it, this is when his parent is. It's his, this is when his parents come into town. Yeah, and, and, and he's been lying to them saying that he was a rage. <laughs> That was yeah. an episode called Boom. <laughs> and we've seen this we've seen this type of storyline before in Power Rangers and yeah, we've seen this type of storyline before in Power Rangers, but it, it's it's done to it's done to such an endearing degree here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cuz they're trying to convince his parents that he really is a ranger and you know, he tries to help out during a fight with the monster of the week. He ma- he makes a makeshift orange ranger costume and he fails miserably. And that's the thing I loved about this is that I feel like, again, if the, in lesser hands, they would have actually tried to get away with the deception, but they don't. He comes out and he says, I lied. I screwed up. I shouldn't have done it. I'm going to quit. And Kruger even says, okay, I accept your letter of resignation. And then boom helps in a very boom sort of fashion to help beat the monster of the week. Not because he's trying to be a ranger, but because he's saying, hey, you need this piece of gear and I'll take bring you this piece of gear when you go after the ranger and you can, you know, and I can go save the other two because they're in a pocket dimension. I need to get them out. Oh, yeah. So he's he's, not- I was trying to remember the, that play out. He saves them by testing the. Yeah. Yeah. And then he goes and he uses it to get them out. And then the rangers beat the monster. And then hilariously, <laughs> in a, in one of. In <laughs> the most Kruger way possible, at the end of that, at the end of the episode, he uh, Kruger just holds up the letter, rips it up, and says, "I'm sorry, Boom. I can't accept your letter of resignation. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't sign it. You didn't sign it. So uh, I can't accept that." <laughs> yeah, I love uh, it. I mean, like, like that's we could talk about do- Doggy forever, but I, again, hinting at that brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kruger Kruger realizes that everybody at SPD, even a goofball like Boom, has an important purpose and reason for being there. Mm-hmm. And Boom even says, like, if it wasn't for me, the Rangers wouldn't have all of their cool gear. I make sure that it works. Right. Yeah. 
You know, and I think that that I think that can be an encouragement to a lot of people. You may think that you're not that important in whatever it is, you know, at your job or whatever. But if you stop and think about it, you realize just how vital you really are. And if you were gone, the whole machine would fall apart. Let's talk about the next guy in the supporting cast, Piggy. <laughs> no, played by Barney Duncan, and good lord, every time he was on screen, I'm like, I'm getting Jim Carrey Grinch vibes I so much. Grinch over there just chewing up the scenery. That's what he's doing. <laughs> oh no! And I think he, I think he's a masochist because he seems to enjoy the horrible things that happened to him. <laughs> what is he? Ooh, rotten eggs. Those, those smell delicious. <laughs> what is it he says about the pit of despair? The things I saw. The snakes. The spiders. The cruel the slime. The bunch reunion. <laughs> he is. He's very much uh, Ivan News. Yeah, in some ways, but a he's, little bit, but he's yeah. also what is interesting about him is that he's a bit of a wild card. A little, yeah, because you yeah, never you know, know you never know where his allegiance is. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, as weird as this sounds, and Michael won't get this. I don't know if you'll get this, Jr. But he reminds me in a, you know, a less serious fashion. He reminds me of Garrick from DS Nine. How dare you say I don't? I wouldn't get that reference. Do you? No, but how dare you say? <laughs> how dare you say I wouldn't get that reference? Anyway, so he, he kind of reminds me of Garrick, and where that Garrick was a bit of a wild card. He was yeah. a former spy, and you didn't. Sometimes he seemed like he was going to be helpful. Sometimes he didn't seem so helpful. So that's what's interesting about Piggy. Now they do some weird things with Piggy. He wins the lottery like a quarter of the way in, and then starts his own business with the winnings, which is the juice bar. Basically, yeah. And then the more running joke less, was that yeah. every more time, or less. That, yeah, it's it's more like a food truck, but yeah. yeah but then the joke was every time the Rangers showed up, all of his clientele would, would run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, "You're costing me business." <laughs> You're way, costing can, me business. Can we stop and make point out this one fact that Tenga are still around? <laughs> yes, they are. Because <laughs> in the well, background, there's a tanga sitting there at one of the bars. I'm like, well, there's a lot of little, there's a lot of little callbacks yeah, to other seasons in those in those bar scenes as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, know, I know that, but I just tanga I saw, of all things. I saw a cog. I saw a tanga at one point. What I I thought I, I swore saw. I saw a, a somebody dressed up like astronomer once, but you know it's yeah, me. Well, the, I oh. went back to find that. And I couldn't find that, Nathan. No, um, I, I can tell you where it was. And I went back and I checked. Like, okay, it, it's not really the astronomer costume because right, but, know, I just see astronomer everywhere because you know <laughs> you have well, a massive crush on her, so that makes sense. This is this is true. This is true. Um, but I thought, but they just looked. I I, I thought that. I saw a bunch of recycled monster suits. Uh, not the not the obvious ones that you would think of, uh, but I thought I saw like um, oh shoot, what are they called? Um, Dag on it. They're the hench. The they're the henchmen from um, uh, uh, the Batlings. Batlings Bat-ling. from from okay. La- Lightspeed Rescue. Um, you know, I thought I saw like some just henchmen co- henchmen costumes. Henchmen uh, costumes. Him, they're all henchmen costumes. Um, <laughs> 
but henchman, foot soldier, there we go, foot soldier, uh, costumes like Stingwingers and things like that. Like, I, it's just like they they were recycling a lot of stuff in yeah, in this season because of budget yeah. constraints and all of that. It's not that's not new to Power Rangers. No, they do it no, all but the time. I think, I think the fact that they are all hanging out at Piggies just is perfect. Well, it's it's yeah, kind it, of funny because when they were the episode where they're playing the video game, actually, of, I take it back. You know who he's more like? He's not Garrick. He's Quark. I could agree with that more. Yeah. Yes. He's Quark. That's who he is. Yeah. <laughs> he, where he's basically Piggy's just in it for himself. And it's only even Piggy has an arc because basically right. the Rangers go to him because whenever they need information. Yeah. Because they're like, Piggy, you know, everybody, you hear all the rumors. What do you know about this? What do we have to pay you? Right. You know, uh, what favors do we have to give you? We just need to know. Which is a little bit because we talked about this being very similar to what you would expect with a cop procedural. That is a really that's a common plot point with a lot of plot with a lot of uh, police procedurals. It's like very law and order. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that's interesting about Piggy is that he tries to play both sides, which Mm -hmm. I love. Yeah, I well, he actually kind of tries to play all sides because eventually Broodwing kind of turns against Grum. So there's kind of three factions and he tries to play them all. I love that they actually because they made him such a comical character that he doesn't know anything. I love that he had the smarts to play everybody against each other. Yeah. So now he, he does start to grow a conscience. As the season goes on, he starts thinking, you know what, baby, I should help the Rangers because, yeah. you know, Grum and Broodwing want to mess up Earth and Earth is where I keep well, my stuff. <laughs> he, st- he stands on the He stands on a hillside and says, please give me a shine. Give me anything. Give me a- and, then, and-, <laughs> and, then, and then there's what? I think it's a lightning strike and his food truck falls down the hill and gets yeah. destroyed. So he's like, well, I got nothing now. <laughs> um... But yeah, no, uh, he's got his one of nostrils my nostrils are on his forehead, which is very Star Trekian. I have to say, I really and this sounds really stupid, but I really kind of wish they would have played the because in the first episode we meet Piggy, he is gross. He is just really just this disgusting little creature, and I'm just one. I wish they would have leaned a little bit more into that. Although it would have been too I, much. I, although it would have been too much, and I kind of like it when he wins the lottery and he, you know, kind of cleans himself up a little bit and becomes a more respectable businessman. <laughs> and no. the interesting thing is because he's an alien and he was down on his luck and then he became a business, uh, basically became a business owner by sheer luck and a little bit of thievery. But uh, he is able to offer some perspectives to the Rangers that they wouldn't have necessarily thought about. And yeah. you know, we'll talk about that in the awards. So mm-hmm. absolutely. So again, in, Lesser hands, Lesser hands. Would have been a really obnoxious kind of stupid character. And he ends up not being that right. And I think that theme of in lesser hands is, is very prevalent throughout this entire season. Yeah. And now you, I put him in supporting cast because we needed an excuse to talk about him at least for a minute, even though he's more like a piece of gear. If you could make the argument, but Rick, Rick is a good boy. he's the best boy. He's Rick the best, the best boy. boy. Rick is such a good puppy. Yeah, he's such he's a good such robo a, puppy. He he's reminds such a good boy. Me, he reminds me of canine from Doctor Who. <laughs> okay, I know that reference. Okay, yes. <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I wish they kept about Rick is in earlier seasons, he would do random 
uh, animal sounds. <laughs> Random animal noises because he was busted. Because he was, was broken. broken. I wish yeah, they he was old. That. He's like, he's that laptop that you've had for years and you want to hold on to it because it's still barely clinging to life, but it's getting so worn down that it doesn't quite work anymore until you're forced to upgrade. Right. I and could be speaking from experience. <laughs> I mean that's that's wicked <laughs> nutshell, but I wish like when that line there's still a little bit of the old Rick in him. I wish that's the part they kept. <laughs> yeah, it just it maybe on occasion. Just do it on occasion. Yeah. You know, just to throw people off, you know, like he just randomly goes like meow. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just to confuse people. <laughs> I loved it when he mooed. It made me so happy. Yeah, but and it, that's one of the episodes where Sid gets to shine. It's very early on because she advocates for Rick mm-hmm. and then boom, upgrades him. And then Rick gets to be, well, everything. He's yeah. everything but a Zord at this point. He's a giant cannon. He's the battleizer. <laughs> he's he, he's a tracker. Um, yes. Because he finds Cat and he finds... Who else does he find? He finds what uh, uh, Sid is looking for. Yes. Yeah. No, he's... Oh, he's such a good boy. Yes. And we have I, to talk. I love, I love uh, Silverback's version of Rick. Although, <laughs> oh, the bulldog, yeah, bulldog, the, yeah. The, bull, the bulldog, yeah, the bulldog was fun. Uh, although he kind of reminds me of what is that? What is the name of that? Yeah. Do you do you, any of you guys remember this? A toy from the nineties or maybe it was early two thousands that kind of looked like Rick, but it wasn't Rick. It was like a little robot dog, yeah, little I, remote yeah. control dog. It kind of reminds you of that in a way. Um, but yeah, Rick is Rick is the best boy. Rick yeah. is the best boy. All right, now we need to talk about the villains. And I want to start this off by saying I feel like the villains this season are a little underappreciated. They're more so they're more so in line with a very just straight villain. Like there's not a lot of nuance to them. No, except for they do some really interesting things with them. But they do some interesting things with them and there's things that happen throughout this throughout the season that makes them more interesting. Mm-hmm. Specifically uh Emperor Grum now, with two U's and two M's. Right. Uh voiced by Renee Naufahu. I hope I said that right. Naufahu? Uh, close enough. Yeah. Um, close enough. Sorry. Uh, if we butchered that name, um, but yeah, uh, Renee Nafahu, um, when, when we first meet Grum, he's just your he's kind of, he's more like a Lord Zed. A little. He's very much the, like a Lord before Zed. The, with before, a, the know, groups, before the mom groups, before the mom got a hold of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you, know, <laughs> uh, you can definitely tell that another influence on Grum was Skeletor. <laughs> I'll get you, Power Rangers. Actually, he doesn't sound like that at all. <laughs> it's I, like this. I now want a Skeletor in Power Rangers. Now, <laughs> well, that's Grum because <laughs> he's got. What's no, interesting no, the about very, Gr- the very high pitch? I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> well, that was Rita. <laughs> I guess you're right there. That <laughs> was Rita. But no, what's interesting about Grum is the more I looked at how he was designed, the more interesting he became. Well, there's because layers. I thought there's layers he was to it. I thought at first he was literally just supposed to have a skull head like Skeletor. The more you look at it, we realize that's actually just a helmet. Yeah. It's a mask. And I 
you could say, well, that's because you can tell, you can kind of see the seams a little bit, but no, I think that's, it, it, that's done intentionally because he has these red visors in his eye sockets and you can actually see the actor's eyes in there. But I think that's by design. That's not a mistake. Yeah. And you can see an exposed brain on his, so he looks like Dementor from, <laughs> from Jiggle all the way a little bit. But I think that, again, that's by design. I think the, the idea is that it's, I think he's supposed to be more like a Darth Vader in that sense, where he's got this mask on that's probably meant to keep him alive, at least by implication. Why else would he have an exposed brain? The only argument, can, I'll, I'll get to that. The only argument I'll give you is that he actually feels it when, uh, Grom cuts off the other one. The other yeah, horn. yeah, yeah. He cuts off one of uh, uh, cuts off one of his horns. Yeah, that's the yeah. yeah that I was gonna say that's the only real caveat to it just being a helmet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know, but like I said, the fact that you can see the actor's eyes and the close-ups actually makes the whole design a little bit more unnerving. I feel and, like again, there are layers to there are just layers to Emperor Grum. Yeah, like there's now, layers to the aesthetic. Yeah, now at first he seems to be you know pretty straightforward you're kind of your lord zed i'm a hyper cool villain not necessarily the deepest character but you know very straightforward but then even the rangers start to realize like you know what if he really wanted to just take over the planet he could nuke us from orbit right why hasn't he yeah and then you they realize wait he's stealing resources what is he doing and then we you know i feel like at some point about halfway through the season or so, we start seeing him have these weirdo episodes. <laughs> he's talking to himself. <laughs> he's talking like and even the way it's shot, because his the his ship is kind of eerie. It has a lot of warm, dark colors, and you know it's filmed in you know kind of a weird uh, you know kind of weirdly. But then there are these scenes where he's sitting in his throne room by himself, and through like a lot of circular panning shots and crazy cuts with the editing. Mm-hmm. He's just starts talking to himself. He's just, it's like, it's like he's having these schizophrenic breakdowns. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you are insane and a different kind of insane. It's just so funny. He's like, I'm going to beat the power. Rangers. yes, I must beat the power Rangers. I must help you out. Yes, I must do that. It's just like, what is wrong with you? You are unhinged. <laughs> yeah. Grum. <sighs> And then we find out why. Yeah. We'll talk about why in a second. I'm wondering if it's more, um, oh God, what is the, I'm really terrible at this, but what is the, um, oh, what from the Transformers movie, not Megatron. Galvatron. Galvatron. Because Galvatron had a little bit of that schizophrenic because especially he, oh. when he was in the show mm-hmm. yeah. in the yeah, movie it wasn't so much but in the show in season three of the transformer show he was insane yeah. he lost his mind he was paranoid and yeah. that's and i think that's what emperor grum is he's paranoid he's paranoid he doesn't he doesn't suffer failure very well but the other thing is that and we'll talk about it when we get to the next character is like they're the dynamic with the villains is nobody's really loyal to the other and they're constantly trying to manipulate each other and get mm. what they want from each other so there's this constant power playing going mm. on oh yeah absolutely Which, the, so the dynamic in this is really fascinating so oh, yeah. yeah is are these characters as 
deep and nuanced as a Rancic or an Astronema? No. 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 But they're still interesting. They're still really interesting to see how they play off of each other and how there's all these secrets and manipulations and everything going on constantly. The Mm. only thing I don't like about... The only thing I don't like about Emperor Grum is is how he's handled in the finale. That's my yeah. gripe about his character. Yeah, um, and you know, and and he has close ties to uh, to Kruger because you know he invaded his planet and destroyed it. And Grum gets a bit hands on at points. He's not like Lord Zed, who almost never came out of that dang throne room. He actually mm-hmm. goes down and picks fights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna get you, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> And your little rangers too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Michael. I'm memeing that. <laughs> Michael, this entire time I've been trying to peg that voice. I just pegged it. Did you ever watch Inspector Gadget? Oh yes! Oh my god, yes! He's claw. He's claw. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Right. <laughs> Jr. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> I have Uno. Would you like to play Uno? <laughs> oh no! You're right. He. Yeah. It's it's Claw from <laughs> Inspector Gadget. Wow. Okay. It's been driving me crazy this entire. Like you've oh. you've heard me be quiet. I'm like. Where have I heard that voice? Yeah, yeah, it is. It, it, he does have a kind of a typical villain voice, but it works. It's a good version of that kind of a voice. Yeah, it is. I agree. Right, yeah. At the same time, uh, Grom isn't one of those villains I take too seriously because of the next character we're going to introduce here. Oh uh, yeah, so we, yeah, we want to move on to her. Yeah, we can move on there. But I'm just going to. I'm just going to. Uh, I'm going to tee this up just. I'm going to either plant the seed or tee this up, however you want to say it. But Nate, you and I discussed, there's actually a little bit more nuance to this character, I think, than what people realize. To Grum? Yeah, yeah. I, I think no, so. No, 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 no. To Mora Mor- Morgana? Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Mora Morgana. By the way, I just want to say, Grum is an, a space-faring emperor with a motorcycle. That's pretty Why cool. Not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Sure. Why it's not? Power Rangers. Go for it. (laughs) Uh, But Maura Morgana, played by two actresses, actually, Olivia James Baird and Josephine Davison. Mm -hmm. This is really interesting because it's the same character in two different forms. We have Kenny mode and (laughs) super Kenny mode. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. So when we first meet this character, it's Mora and she's a little girl. She's kind of the monster maker, but they don't lean into that too much, Mm -hmm. which is the other thing that's interesting. This breaks the formula in that the monsters 90 plus percent of the time don't magically get huge. Yeah. They're hired. They jump into robots. Yeah, they're they're hired help with with their own toys, with their own robots. Yeah, which, which yeah, usually I provided love. by a Broodwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's one of the things that drew me to this uh, season. I was like, wait, they're just hired help. That's kind of cool. Uh, but I don't. I mean, it it does shake up the dynamic a little bit because now we have because Mora. Her, she is the, she is our monster maker, and her connection to Emperor Grum is not um, abundantly clear, and it's never really made abundantly clear what that um, 
what that connection is. All we know, yeah, it, but we, uh, we uh, there's a lot of dialogue that hints at things because Grum, because Grum at first is using her to make monsters, mm-hmm. and so he, he and he's like, I can't get rid of you. I have to put up with you. But at the same time, he's also saying, if you don't do what I say, I'm going to turn you back to what you were when I found you. Right. And that scares her. So again, we have this thing where they're, they're manipulating each other because there's a form of dependence that they have with one another. Mm-hmm. And then about, uh, I think about 20 episodes or so in, finally, Grum's just like, I am sick of you screwing up. So I'm just going to make you what you were before. And then she freaks out. And then we she gets turned into Morgana, which I think is actually her true form she's an adult but she's an adult who acts like a child and still wants to be a child right she wants to be removed well i don't know if we want to talk about it now or later but the 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 thing that we the 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 kind of the theme with her that we came up with the other day nathan was she doesn't want to she doesn't she wants to be removed from all responsibility basically she wants to still be a kid but Mm -hmm. and and do all the silly things she's a creepy little kid Oh yeah, Let's absolutely. Yeah, oh, and yeah. her hand, she would have been annoying, but she's a creepy little kid. So kudos to the little actress who played her and actually playing her right. Yeah. But what I find interesting is that they change her name. She's Morgana, and I I told you it's like that is a name with weight. Yeah. Because Morgana comes from Morgana Le Fay, or sometimes it's just Morgan Le Fay, but I usually see it as Morgana Le Fay who was a sorceress from Arthurian legends. And she was typically Arthur's arch nemesis. Yeah. I, you know, I've always wondered, like I said, I've seen this series a few times now. I've always wondered the relationship between them. It almost makes me think that he stole Morgana or at least tempted Morgana away from maybe a family or something. Mm Hmm. And then with the allure of giving her what she wants in that little kid form was maybe the power that she really was seeking after to the ability to make monsters. Cause you yeah. don't see her do it as Morgana. Mm-hmm. No, no, she, she takes a much more hands-on approach. And honestly, I think she's more effective as Morgana, but I, I think too. that's the point. That's, but I think that's the point. She wants to stay a perpetual child. Mm. Oh yeah, because even as an adult, she acts like a child. Right, she does. Yeah, which is what makes her interesting. So she's one of those people who could not let go of childhood. She, you know, it. it we see it all the time now with things like people. They they have a term for it now extended adolescence. You know, you get into your twenties and you still want to just be carefree and and selfish. Just do whatever you want, like it's an extended teenagerhood, as opposed to looking at the twenties as the time when you become a an adult and take on responsibility it's, it's why i hate the phrase when when people when people use when parents use this phrase it just makes me cringe a little bit it's like adult children yeah like they're still i get it you're they're still your kids but they're adults they're my son my daughter yeah, yeah it's it's it, it, that phrase adult children just irks me a little bit I'm, i've never really been able to pinpoint why um but it's also it feels like, a little condescending. It does. It, it's it does. certain context anyway. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, this is a new phrase that's popped up, which has the same uh, weight to it. Disney adult. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Because I've, I've been I've been pegged as a Disney adult, and I'm like, um, no, I'm not. 
I don't, I've heard that phrase brought up before. I've never really understood it outside of just the context of, oh, they're adults who really like Disney. Well, I mean, from what I've seen, I'm, I'm going to play like the, <laughs> isn't uh, Morgana technically a Disney adult because this is when Disney owned the franchise technically, but go <laughs> on. <Jared. laughs> um, no, because you, thank you. Um, yeah, no, it's, it, I'm going to play a little bit into the social media here. It seems it seems to me that a Disney adult is so obsessed with Disney that they they almost long for that childhood again. Yeah, it's, the, it's nostalgia. Yeah. Taken nostalgia. To, it's, take, it's nostalgia taken to dangerous levels. And yeah. I think that's exactly what Morgana is, just not like shoehorned in such a like cringeworthy word yeah i mean i've we've seen stories like this done before where you have a a villain who's motivated by trying to stay perpetually young or recapture lost youth or childhood or whatever and they will go to extreme well you look at maleficent you look at maleficent a little bit too i think Mm -hmm. is it maleficent that longs to be young uh well there's been a lot of witches in there's been a lot of like mm-hmm. witch type characters in storybooks that long to be young that want mm-hmm. that youthful beauty yeah yeah um, well and it's also this kind of misguided idea that childhood and adolescence mm-hmm. in some cases was the best times of their life and i think if any of us are honest we're like yeah being a teenager is not fun or at least oh, not God, as fun though. as you want to think it was i would you would you could not pay me to go back to high school Oh, oh no! No, oh, no. Eh. <laughs> and I think a lot of people, maybe in our age bracket or who have, who possess similar interests as us, uh, you know, the nerds. I mean, I'm not using that as a derogatory term, but you nobody know, uses that as a derogatory term anymore, unless they're you know, well, stuck in I'm the just, '90s. I'm just saying. I'm just. I'm just saying that you know, nerd culture, like people who were, I guess, picked on a little bit growing up. Um people like us who are more predisposed to being embracing their nerdy side, their, their nerdiness, their true, their true forms. Yes. <laughs> quite. Uh, this isn't even my final form. This isn't even my final form. I will evolve further than me. I don't know why I reverted to that voice, but okay. Um, sure. You have not seen the true power of my nerdiness. <laughs> I, I used to make a joke that like, uh, I, I was known by my real name uh, for the longest time by John Ryan. And uh, oh my gosh, I finally know what it stands for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I always just assumed it stands stood for Junior. To the power trip. Learn J.R. Villers real name. I just assumed it stood for J- Junior. Like you were your dad. You were a junior to your dad, or something. actually, it just refers to just right. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> wow okay but uh that can go so many places <laughs> that's that's the intent um but like when i came into high school i i started going by jr and i've always made the joke that i'm a pokemon jr evolved into j uh jr ryan evolved into jr <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't even seen my final form yet yes uh that's quite anyway I, I just it, it does it does speak to a little bit of that like longing to be like i think like to bring it back around to more uh more and morgana it does 
it is a little bit of a, a yeah. commentary on that longing to be young mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. longing. And I don't want to take it to the cynical level, but that longing to be, you know, not responsible. Like, cause there is that, there, there is that level of, of irresponsibility to being young again. Like you, I know people who, who just would rather be taken care of like children uh, and not have to have any, and, and have zero responsibility whatsoever. Um, but I think with more and more gone, it's a little bit different because as you pointed out, JR, she's only, she's actually more powerful in her little, in her child form. No, in her she, adult form. Or in her adult form, but she can use her imagination to make monsters in her child mm-hmm. form. She doesn't actually do that in her yeah. adult form. Right. Now, I want to add, uh, sorry. Uh, Nathan, but I just want to go on to this. But at the same point, isn't the imagination the most dangerous weapon of all? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that, that seems like that seems. Like I mean, where she's at her most threatening. She just yeah, well the uh, the what's it, the kind of the creepiest moment with her as Mora was either the doll if, when she oh, was the using doll the doll, was terrible. or weirdly enough in the same two part episode when she made probably the most Mora of monsters the entire season, which was Bugglesworth. Oh God, Bugglesworth. Which Bugglesworth, is, which yeah. is incredibly <laughs> silly, but incredibly creepy all at the same time, because yeah. it's like a twisted version of an incredibly silly character. Well, it's also Bugglesworth also plays off that. He's very much, uh, it, he, he feeds off the emotion of yeah. loneliness. That's what yeah. makes him so creepy. I was watching a Disney brain video on SPD and he brought this up uh, and I don't, I disagree with him on this point. How did you guys feel about Mora? Because by the, in the final episode, she gets to be Mora again. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel about Kruger capturing her? Like she's any of the other villains. <sighs> Because that's the gimmick in this. The monsters don't die. They get incarcerated in little digital cards. So it's a little bit like SP, uh, not SPD. Uh, it's a little bit like Time Force where they get turned into action figures. Are you, are you saying, are you saying that you disagree with it because you should have? The Disney should've. brain didn't like it. Because he says, yes, I know Morgana is her true form, but it's a child. And he thought it went a little bit against one of the themes of SPD, which is that you can come back and be redeemed no matter how terrible you are. Well, but I looked at it like, still- okay, she might look like a child, but she is not a child. We have established that she is not a child. She's an adult who acts like a child. Right. So that Kruger just incarcerates her. I don't see a problem with that. Well, she deserved what, it as far as I care. Well, that's what that's what we have juvenile detention centers for. She's technically not a juvenile. I want to know what SPD juvie is like now. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, good Lord. You know who would be that's hilarious to throw that's in? Yeah. Yeah. You know who would actually? be hilarious to see in spd juvie you throw silver back in there all of those kids are shaping up <laughs> all those kids are screwed after that yeah <laughs> spd skid <skits> straight <laughs> occasionally, occasionally kruger shows up just to, just to hammer it in even harder <laughs> 
Uh, no, I want that entire series shot with the silverback. <laughs> oh Hilarious non-existent spinoffs aside, it's you know like uh, Real Housewives of what SPJ. Was the, no, 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 no. What, what was that? Real Housewives of what was the city in Lightspeed Rescue? <laughs> oh God, Real Housewives of Mariner Bay. Yeah, Real Housewives of Mariner Bay, right up there. SPD Juvie. <laughs> no, it's just SPJ. SP Juvie. <laughs> SP Juvie. Space Patrol Space Space Patrol Patrol Juvie. (laughs) Starring Silverback. (laughs) That would be great. But okay, so studios. Make that comic. (laughs) So so getting us back on track. uh, I actually our next villain. No, 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 hang on. I really I actually I actually dis I actually disagree. Or actually agree with you, Nathan, that she's not really a child. She is an adult that was transformed into a child. Yeah. So it's so a little she, complicated. So yeah, it's a little there's a gray area there. There's definitely a gray area there. Yeah, but I still think she had it coming. I mean, she's aware. Oh, yeah. She's aware of her actions. She knows exactly what she's doing. Oh, that's pre- that, that's premeditated monster making right there for sure. Yeah, oh, well, and, and, uh, and assault degree. and everything else. Attempted murder. Uh, just <laughs> right. Hitting just a police throw, officer. Just throw the book at her. Yeah. Quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, yeah. That would probably turn her into a little digital card anyway. So let's talk about our next villain, Broodwing, who's also kind of the monster maker, but in a different way, uh, voice by way. Jim McLarty. He's more of a monster recruiter. Yeah, and, but he makes the robots. Yeah. But the other thing that's interesting about him is that he is technically a free agent. He only works <laughs> for people who pay him well. Which, uh, free enterprise, man. Free enterprise, yeah. Yep. That, that, and that drives Grum crazy. Uh, one of my favorite exchanges is he basically says, you know, Grum basically tells him, it's like, you know, I should get, I, I should get rid of you for all of your failure. And, he, and then Broodwing just replies with, or you could just pay me more. <laughs> <laughs> but Broodwing is, he's basically a bat in a fishbowl. He's very Sentai. I would say, yeah, he's he's the most Sentai of of the care of the villains we have here. Um, bat, lo- a vampire bat locked in a hyperbolic chamber, a fishbowl, fishbowl. Uh, according according to Connor, it's a punch bowl. <laughs> God. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. But you know, he's like I said, free agent. And he's a wild card. You never know where he stands by after a while. Grum breaks his ties with him. And then he's trying to work against Grum and take over the world himself. Mm -hmm. And in true Power Ranger fashion, and this is a trope that I actually do really enjoy, even though it just happens all the time. He invades the command center in the final episodes, not Grum. It's Broodwing. And what makes that terrifying? We'll talk about it in a minute is it's not just a headquarters. No, it's a giant super robot. <sighs> so taking over the, uh, so taking over the base this time around is even more terrifying. <laughs> I have thoughts and it's glory. If, it, if you don't, if you have thoughts outside of it's glorious, just don't say anything at all. JR. <laughs> um, I'm not anyway, it's glorious, but well, we'll anyway, Broodwing, Broodwing thoughts on Broodwing. <laughs> I like Broodwing. I mean, 
he is it's it's an interesting dynamic because he's loyal and we we've, we've kind of seen this before in Power Rangers with these other generals who seek to overthrow their leader but here's the here's the thing Broodwing is not hiding the ball he is out he, he makes he's it out for himself he's he makes it abundantly clear even to Grum that he's out for himself <laughs> I, I can't believe it took me a, 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 this long to figure it out but it, there I think once I got to about like episode 30 or so I realized he has a tie <laughs> It took you 30 episodes to realize I know. That. I was paying. I was, I kept looking at that big old head and that fishbowl. And then I looked down like, hold on. He has a tie. He really is a businessman. <laughs> business bat. Birdwing is fine. I don't have a problem with Birdwing. <laughs> we can probably move on from Birdwing. Yeah, now we need to talk about, I, I, and I debated. That's the thing that was actually a little bit of a struggle with putting the notes together for SPD because some characters could fit into different slots because like is cat a extra ranger or is she supporting cast she's kind of both and now we get to another one of those issues where is this guy a monster of the week or is he technically one of the villains and oh, i ended the up magnificence. Putting, yeah, yeah the magnificence i just i just love that i wish it was just the magnificence not omni the magnificence later but I, and so like i ended up deciding that the magnificence gets to be well, a uh, a villain because he, even though we don't see him until the last couple of episodes, his presence is felt through a lot of the show. Right, it's Omni is the one essentially driving Emperor Grum mad. Yeah, and then when we see him, he's basically a Lovecraftian mother brain. <laughs> if you've played yeah. Metroid, he's absolutely terrifying, and I understand why Grum would serve him and just go insane. Because that's a theme in Lovecraftian stories. When humans, mere mortals, try to interact with these elder gods, they go insane. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the sa- it's the uh, it's the story of Cthulhu, correct? Uh, he's one of them. Yes, mm-hmm. he's one of the elder gods. Mm-hmm. He's not the only one, but yeah. But, but the whole pre- but basically, like I said, the the important thing is is that they are so powerful, they're so all powerful that the human mind cannot comprehend them. And people go insane because they have they're subtly confronted with their own insignificance by comparison mm-hmm. to them. And I they don't necessarily go into that with Grum, but I think you get that sort of idea where this Omni is so powerful, the magnificence is so powerful that Grum just went nuts in his servitude. So he's not he's ultimately not the guy who's really in charge. It's the magnificence. And he turns into, in the final episode, turns into the biggest monster of the week we've ever seen. <laughs> but, all right, so you guys, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in your, like, take on Omni. Because the way I look at it, uh, you compared him to uh, Galvatron earlier. I... I per- uh, look at it more like that. Like no, I was comparing. I was comparing um, Emperor Grum, Grum, Galvatron. Yeah, Galvatron. Omni. Uh, Omni. Yeah. Uh, the- magnificent. It's more. Be, it's more. I almost said Omicron. Unicron. Was, yeah, Unicron. Me, that's what I was gonna ca- uh, parallel the relationship to because uh, the only one that can hear. Uh, Galvatron from distant, faraway places is Galvatron. I mean, Unicron. Unicron, sorry. Yeah. So, I, like, that time where it looks like Grum is going crazy 
it's Omni in his head. Mm-hmm. And we're just not seeing the conversation played out both ways. We just think mm-hmm. he's crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I compare that relationship. Mm-hmm. But no, he's uh, like he's he's nuts. He looks like a dis a, a, a malformed brain. He has an eye at the end of a tentacle. He doesn't talk very much, but when he does, you know, it's what you would expect. You know, that deep, scary voice. And then we find out the whole the whole reason that Grum was doing everything was to gather resources to basically turn his ship into a body for the magnificence. <laughs> I don't know. I just i I picture that brain as more of a Zelda villain. And, yeah, yeah, but okay. it looks very Metroid. It, very it is very Metroid. But yeah. like, every time I see it, I just think of that thing from Jabba Jabba's belly. And, oh boy! Uh, yeah, but it's very Metroid. Yeah. So he's only in a couple of episodes. I felt like the defeat of the Magnificent was a little. Underwhelming. Underwhelming. They find the weak spot. They shoot the weak spot, but we don't even get a satisfying explosion or crumbling or something. It's just over. Eh. Meh. 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 I have opinions about the finale. The finale is awesome, but it definitely has plot holes. Oh, no, the, the crossover has the plot holes. I was just underwhelmed by the finale, but we'll get there. Uh, let's really quickly talk about our foot soldiers this season. We have three varieties of them, actually. The yeah, and they're, actually they're in ra- they're kind of ranked, too. If you Yeah, yeah, because we have we have you know regular crybots, which are the ones we see the most often. And then we have the not common riders as the blue heads, the blue heads. <laughs> those are the next most powerful crybots. Yeah. At first, I thought it was actually going to be a general because there's just one of them in the first episode. I thought, mm-hmm. is, is that like the monster of the week? Yeah. Then they just kept coming back, and I'm like, oh, okay. They're just higher ranked as henchmen. And yeah. then we have the orange heads, which look like like geometry toys yeah, for heads. Yeah, just, a little a <laughs> geometry shape. Geometry geometry. Tro- the, Jesus, I can't talk today. Geometry toys with Belial claws. Basically. <laughs> Belial. If, Be- Belial. With, with Belial <laughs> claws. Belial. <laughs> Jack no and one I can had- agree on how to say his name. <laughs> it's it's Belial because it resent because that is the name of the devil. It is the name is another name for Satan. So it's Belial. Well. Because I said Belial for a long time, but Ultraman pronounces Belial. So. Well, Jack is wrong, and Ultraman's wrong. <laughs> uh, I, I, thought I, mean, I thought you were going to say Jack was. I thought I thought this was, you were going to say Jack, so I was going to preemptively say Jack is wrong. I mean, Jack uh, is wrong, but that, on, on multiple things. But you know, Ultraman says Belial, so. Well, it's that's that they also anyway orange heads. <laughs> I honestly don't have much to say about the crybots. We can just kind of move on. They're I, not the worst henchmen. They're a little no. bit cog-like. They're very much like cog. They're very much cog-like. Yeah, except for the, you know the blues and the the oranges, which it adds a nice some you know some nice variety. It, it but does. overall, yeah, they're they're fine I mean, for they what get, they are. They get more sentient as they aggress. Uh, as so, they progress, yeah, and yes, actually, so. they're one of the stories in that UK only comic strip. One of the crybots did actually gain sentience. The crybot or an orange head? A crybot. That's just that's what it said. Oh. A crybot. 
Hmm. Interesting. Okay. In sentience, which that, that's an interesting story. That could have you know, so too bad they didn't have that in the show. It's fine. My favorite henchmen are still the Quantrons. Quantrons are the best. Putties are a very close second. Well, the Quantrons are amazing. The quant the 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 crybots stand out because they you can actually tell what they are and we, we talk the tyrannodrones unlike the tyrannodrones that you they have no real distinguishing features except for just claws and they grunt so yeah. Yeah. um anyway we yeah we can move on from the crybots yeah, so, so let's talk about the zords and thank god the zord list is mercifully short yes. oh, wild force why why <laughs> because bandai mandates <laughs> yeah where's that band i need that band in the bandai <laughs> mandates uh, bandai mandates yeah so we only really kind of have three sets of zords yeah, which i appreciate yeah, yeah. so yeah. we have first we have simple. the delta max megazord or as i like to call him prowl because <laughs> he looks like prowl this prowl. zord can real made up of the delta runner one through five we don't have to go through the whole thing yeah, the delta squad megazord yeah D- delta squad I love megazord. This, thing. this is one of my favorite zords from the show so from the franchise so far not only because it looks like prowl but one of the things i really like about it and i they gave this thing a sword and I wish it didn't have a sword because it was way more interesting when it's pri- cause it's primary weapon is a gun. a gun. Yeah. And it will do things like sneak around buildings with the gun, trying to get into the right tactical position to take out the monster of the week or the robot. And I like loved it. My favorite, my favorite, my favorite move that it does is the tuck and roll, the tuck, oh, roll, yeah. the, the tuck and roll and shoot. Yeah. It's very tactical. Very, very yeah. much. It's and very I wish tactical. they had leaned into that more instead of just, doing what you always do with these things and giving it a sword, give it a sword. I mean, it's, now, it doesn't use it as much as the gun, but <laughs> it's fine. Like now, it had, I like love you, the gun pops out of uh, pops out of a, a built-in holster on the leg, like RoboCop. Yeah, no, I, ca- I call this thing RoboCop's Zord, <laughs> the RoboCop Zord. <laughs> the RoboCop or there will be trouble. Your I'm move, you, creep. I'm taking you in dead. <laughs> Or alive. Or alive. <laughs> or, or, or alive, yes. Or in a flimsy little card. <laughs> Collect them all. <laughs> Creepers. Creepers. Gotta catch them all. Okay. Uh, but, but yeah, it's, I'm a big fan. Like I said, big fan of the yeah. Delta Squad Megazord. Yeah, same. I, I do. I like the Delta Squad Megazord. Uh, but I then related to that, we have the Omega Max Cycle slash Omega Max Megazord, which can combine with it. This is Sam's Zord that is a motorcycle mm-hmm. that the Megazord can ride. I don't care what anyone says. That's epic. That's still cool. I don't care what JR says. Yes. <laughs> a Megazord on a motorcycle is just cool. Right. Okay. I mean, this, this show has gazillions of gear, of gear and and vehicles. We didn't even talk about the SWAT mode. You know, this armored mode, the power up that the Rangers get, and and Jack gets one of the less ridiculous battleizers in this. You know, which I'm totally cool. And thanks to Rick. <laughs> Making Rick a battleizer does make sense, though. It makes it me just happy. ignore the questionable CGI. <laughs> <laughs> the very dated question. It's getting CGI. better, Nathan. It's getting it, it, better. It is still getting better, better than the movie. True. 
I just my my thing my thing with I and it is it is essentially in the Disney era. I just don't like Zords riding other Zords. But That's just me. I know. I know. Meg, the original what? Megazord rode Titanus. All right, I can understand that, and I can understand uh, the uh, and the Red, red Warrior. Yeah, the rode Red Warrior, the, the White Tiger. Yes, but this is literally a motorcycle designed for a Megazord. Jr. Who hurt? Who, who hurt you? Who is already made up of cars? Who, who hurt you, Jr.? Lots of people. Do you want names? I can give you names. I just know. I, I mean, I, it's it's honestly in all in in terms of lore, in terms of like the history of Power Rangers, this has got to be the least absurd of the combinations, though. This is true. It's, I mean, yeah, because there is the Omega, yeah, because the Omega Max Megazord can combine with it, or let it, or the Megazord can ride it. It has a battle mode, it, and the battle mode's kind of cool. It has a twin blades that it uses. You know, yeah, so no, I, I like the cyber. I like the uh, whatever you call it, Omega, Omega Max, Max Mag- Megazord. I like the Omega Max. Oh, yeah. good lord! I just realized it's Lightspeed Rescue all over again. The Omega Megazord. God, <laughs> <laughs> just call it Omega Zord. <laughs> no, I don't have. I don't have a problem with the cycle. I just have a problem of. It is a literal giant motorcycle for yeah. my Megazord. It, that's yeah, that's what yeah. I have a problem with. Yeah, I just you just have no taste, Jar. We can move yeah. on. Well, uh, well, I do now, like but- I do like the 2017 movie. So. <laughs> Moving on before you trigger Michael. <laughs> before you trigger Michael, because that episode's coming. We will get to it. We will get to it anyway. So we have the next. Megazord, and I don't like this one as much as the Delta Squad Megazord, but the SWAT Megazord after our Rangers get their power up, and then the, which has these, which also has these, it has an alternate mode even after all of the SWAT flyers combine. So we have the the SWAT Megazord and the SWAT flyer cannon, or as I like to call it, Megatron mode. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I like. I was There's like, a lot of Transformer connections in this season. <laughs> I, was, I was like, Rangers for Megatron. <laughs> I mean, I Megatron like Megazord. I like the SWAT Megazord. No, I don't have a. I, I love- like. I, I like the SWAT Megazord. I don't have a problem with the you design. You like it because of its actual design or because it turns into a giant cannon. I think I like it for all the things, Marchand. I like <laughs> I like the design. Uh, I like the tactical feel to it. And I like the fact that it turns into a gigantic gun. And I think that yeah, is absurd. Admittedly, it has probably one of the... It doesn't just have a finishing move. It's more like a finishing sequence. Uh, and it Honestly, one of the most epic things in this show. Oh, yeah, it, for, for it sure. Just grabs the monster of the week or the robot, flies into orbit, and just blows it Let's down. go, turns into gun mode, and shoots it. <laughs> I love that magazine. It's, it's so absurd and over the top, and I love it. I love that Megazord with all my heart. <laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I, I don't like the design as much as the Delta Squad Megazord, but good lord, that finishing move. And what I love even more is when uh, all three or all four Zords are together and they're like posing. You can see it oh, like raising yes, its because hand. because 
Yeah, just just like how the Rangers will form some sort of preposterous cannon going all the way back to Mighty Morphin as a potential finishing move. The Zords get it once in this because SWAT cannon mode, Megatron mode happens with the Zords and they get to do the Ranger gun finisher pose. But after it transforms back into the Megazord, everybody's like, yeah. And if you look at the SWAT Megazord, it's like, yeah, I'm here too. It's it's adorable. It reminds me of a little monkey raising his hand being like, I just think <laughs> so. It's the silverback sword. Or something? Yeah. I I just I just really like the fact that the only Zord that's able to even pull the trigger on that thing is the Delta Command crawler, Delta Command. Hey, that's a great transition to talking about this. Although I want to preface this by saying, Michael, you're a liar. You're going to hell. Why am I a liar? Because I said, oh my gosh, the base turns into a carrier. If this thing has a robot mode, this show is automatically S-tier Power Rangers. And you said, oh no, it doesn't have a robot mode. One episode later, it turns into a giant robot. And I just said, you lied to me. <laughs> if, I, if I wouldn't have lied, I didn't want to spoil it. You could have just said nothing. You could have just not said one way or the other. Instead, you lied to me. I just find it more. I just find it more funny to disappoint you. And then you find out for yourself. <laughs> you, I, understa- I understand why you did it. <laughs> Nathan, Nathan hurt me several times. <laughs> Uh, Michael hurt me several times. Just listen to some of the episodes. We hurt each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my ego is bruised every time I step behind this mic. Yeah, uh, well, but you don't let us know that it's bruised because that's how ego ranger rolls. Anyway, so I love the fact that the ba- the base is Metroplex from Transformers. Yeah, essentially, it there's is. That, there's the that, base that turns into a carrier, and then it turns into a giant robot. And it's so huge, it's twice as tall as every other Zord. Which I'm so happy they did that because if it would have been the same size as the other Megazord, I mean, come on, guys. Like yeah. that doesn't that doesn't make yeah, a damn. I agree with you. And I, I just love the fact that they, you know, they made the base be able to do that. They tell everybody, hey, get to designated safety zones. Admittedly, the engineering about how this thing would work is Huh? Oh, but it's, yeah, it's like what? I'm sure there are some engineering geniuses who would look at this and figure out how to do it. But like that whole sequence when the whole base kind of just shuts down, everyone goes to their secure areas that feels and this and this goes back to what I was talking about earlier about SPD actually feeling a little bit more grounded than than past seasons. Despite all the absurdities, that As, are in dis, it. despite all the absurdities. Yeah, I'm being serious when I say this. It does feel a little bit more SPD feels one of the more grounded seasons we've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see what you're, uh, where you're talking about with that. But uh, I will admit, though, just when it turns to the carrier mode and it just starts rolling down the road, I keep looking at the the miniatures that are around that, and, I'm like, and I see the cars, and I'm like, oh, God, that would be so horrifying. If I was just minding my own business, just walking down the street, and suddenly this thing transforms and goes and does its thing, I would freak out <laughs> but the, the delta command megazord gee whiz this this thing it's so huge that it just all it does is walk and every part of its body is a weapon like it shoots lasers from its kneecaps see now you guys are getting into why i have problems with this one <laughs> what? come on no just the massive amount of, we complain about monsters making damage to buildings and stuff like that 
I mean, how many hundreds of people does this thing hurt just by walking? <laughs> there are, okay. There you are can say that about every Megazord, though. No, no, but this is literally, there are thousands of people in that command center. <laughs> <laughs> so again i'm guessing they have engineering geniuses who figured out how to make rooms where because they're designated safety zones where everything is fine I, everything is fine now fine now fine how are you so <laughs> I, I just like in the episode of uh uh i think it's called samurai where that base literally takes a straight line from new tech city <laughs> to japan it's a straight line. It does not make any turns. Therefore, the property and it, damage. And it gets there in about 15 minutes. Yes. The property damage that it incurs in 15 minutes has to be through the roof. Well, you know, it's just like Arthur C. Clarke said you know, you, technology gets advanced to the point where it basically becomes magic. I don't care what anyone says. I love Metroplex. I mean, Delta Command Megazord. I mean, I like it, it's too. Absurd. I don't care what JR says. And I, I love it when these things, when Tokusatsu embraces the absurdity in the right way. And this is definitely the right way. Yeah, the only, the only problem I have with the Delta Command Megazord and Zords like it is it's so huge and cumbersome that it doesn't do a whole lot except for just put on Walk a light show. And except shoot. For and Except salute for, and salute. Yeah, apparently it <laughs> um, can walk, shoot, and salute. There we go. Uh, <laughs> There's a the, meme. All the important I walk, shoot, and salute. That sounds like that sounds like an armed forces recruitment video. <laughs> walk, shoot, and salute. Hmm. <laughs> also, you guys are making it sound like I hate this thing. No, I still love it. I just have problems with it. Uh, okay. So you essentially hate it. <laughs> Michael, <laughs> just because I'm right doesn't mean. <laughs> okay, doesn't speaking, mean of a, speaking of hateful, let's talk about Monsters of the Week. <laughs> our favorite Monsters of the Week. <laughs> well, our favorite Robots of the Week? Or yeah, mon- that's again, it's another one of those things where it's like, do we just talk about the monsters or do we talk about their mechs? See, I'm talking, I, I put down just the monsters. I just put down monsters, but most of them don't get big. So you have to include right. the robots too. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. Okay, it's really right. complicated. It's, it's incredibly complicated. It's incredibly complicated. Yeah. So my first one on mm-hmm. my list, as I have several that I'm going to highlight, is General Banog. Banog, which is from the Shadow two-parter, where we get Kruger's backstory, and he becomes officially the Sixth Ranger. Mm-hmm. And this was a guy who served under Grum and participated in the invasion and, the, and destruction of Sirius. So Kruger has connections to him, very personal connections. And now he's running amok again, and it forces Kruger to confront his PTSD and be honest with the Rangers about why he's taking this particular mission more seriously than the others. Mm-hmm. And he has a great, we'll talk about it in the awards, has a great fight with Kruger when he finally morphs. And the whole scene leading up to their confrontation is one of the best moments in the dang show. I know reflection gets a lot of love, but I feel like this two-parter needs to have some love too. And Banog is a wacky design too. He's asymmetrical. <laughs> he 
he's got a half face mask thing going like he's uh, like he's uh, the Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. So big fan, big fan. Yeah. What about you yeah. guys? Uh, one of my monsters of the week, and I think this is pretty significant. Uh, it, it's a it's a pretty it's a very significant two parter is Mirlock. Oh, Murloc. Yeah, Murloc is on Murloc. my list. Too. You, we have Murloc. to talk about Murloc. Murloc is too cool to just be a monster of the week. Oh, yeah, for sure. I want to give him villain status because he is well, too good. I mean, it, and I told you, I think I told you, was it? Yeah, I told you this, Nathan, about it. That whole, that two-parter kind of reminded me of Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. in a way. I was going to, I have him in my notes, Hannibal. Hannibal. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. But and Murloc has a really interesting superpower. He's basically Mirror Master from DC Comics. He's a Flash villain, who, mm-hmm. uh, or Mirror Man from Superia Productions because he can travel through mirrors or reflective mm-hmm. surfaces. Yeah. So they have to take extra precautions when they send anybody to talk to him in the jail because mm-hmm. they they cover up anything that's reflective, including yeah. people's eyes because eyes are reflective. So they you have to wear sunglasses to go talk to him. <laughs> And it's really interesting how he was able to break out. He was able to break out through the reflective quality of Sky's one of Sky's tears. When yes, he's because about he his- breaks Sky emotionally. That's what's great here. We actually see Sky get hurt because this is the guy who killed his father. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and you know, Murloc exploits that to yeah. his advantage. Yep. And it's, yeah. it's really clever. Like I wish that this character was not just relegated to like a two-parter as a monster. of the Oh, week. he's so good. I wish he had been kept around. Yeah. I wish he was one of those, uh, like constant threats that like literally when in like silence of the lambs, he disappears. So yeah. I kind of wish he had that effect. I could see him filling sort of the, maybe the dark role. Yeah. where he's not around all the time but he's there and he and he and he shows up at the appropriate moments but on the on the flip side of that on the uh, like playing devil's advocate here a little bit it was important for sky to be the one to arrest him and you know kind of in that storyline yeah for sure because that is one of the most satisfying things they use him well he's a great villain and an all around pretty solid character, but they use him in a narratively significant way for sky. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing you really want to do that. You want to not only have a good villain and a good character, but give them narrative significance. And that's why I say he's too good to just be a monster of the week because the monsters of the week, they're, you know, gimmicky one-time opponents for the Rangers. They fit to fit into the formula. So you can fill out an episode. No, he's elevated. He's like I said, he's too good to just be a monster of the week. Yeah. So JR, who did you have on your list? Well, since you guys already uh, knocked out um, Murloc, Murloc and Banach, um, I'm actually going to go with some villains that I just remembered straight off the bat and kind of had a creep factor to me. And mm-hmm. Bugglesworth is definitely on that list. Oh, Bugglesworth. I considered Bugglesworth for my list. Yeah. yeah. But again, that kind of weird juxtaposition of creepy and silly and childish. Mm-hmm. That's that always that is it's a bit of a overused trope, but it's overused because it works. Right. I know. I, I just I because that whole situation was really it for being such a like 
early episode that actually had a, a lot of levity to it. So Bunglesworth mm-hmm. is definitely up there. Yeah. 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 Another one I had on my list was Slate or Blank Slate. Admittedly, the his design is not all that interesting, but he ha- but I like the fact that the simplicity of the design go- fill- goes with his power, which is that he's a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. Normally, he just looks like a guy in black spandex, but it's because he's a blank slate. He turns he shapeshifts into other monsters so we can recycle old suits. Cuz mm-hmm. that's a Power Ranger trope we all can get behind, right? Recycling past monsters. <laughs> Well, recycling, not just past monsters, but also with uh, recycling past you know, past villains, because there is a villain in this. Uh, there is a villain in the in the series that is recycled, is the recycled um, Deviant costume. Yeah, but he's just there to audition to kill the Power Rangers and mm-hmm. gets rejected. But you know, he, uh, looking at his design, he also has these nubs that look like the little buttons or whatever on Thor's costume. And he's got a creepy Joker smile. I forgot about that (laughs) in his morph suit mask. So he's more than just black spandex, but still. (laughs) Uh, So another one, uh, speaking of just generally just cool looking designs, um, and cool names. I think uh, the one called Devastation. Oh my uh, gosh, that guy! It's <laughs> like okay, I, I get what they were trying to do, but I'm like, why is his name Devastation? Why didn't you call him Devastator? Are you were you worried about the Transformers connections? Because Devastation, as opposed to Devastator, just I don't know. Maybe I'm being nitpicky, but it just doesn't maybe, work for me. Yeah, maybe it's because the the it centers around. Um, it's I think the first monster of the week that comes in is actually this is a pair of brothers. You've got Shorty, yeah, Shorty, <laughs> which oh, yeah, brother, oh yeah, brother, brother. Why is Shorty suddenly Macho Man and Hulk Hogan put together? Well, that's I, that's. That's the thing I wanted to ask. Why do all Power Rangers episodes seem to have a Macho Man Randy Savage at some point? Like because it's it's an easy caricature to do. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Every one of them wants to come in and be like, "Oh yeah, oh girl, oh. yeah." It, no, but a, these it, these two are such dude bros. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, but you know, I just like the design. I think they, 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 it was, they came from a couple of really interesting episodes with the Omega Ranger. Um, so that's devastation. And I'll just say devastation and shorty is, as yeah. one line. Yeah. What else did you have, JR? So going back to another, um, another early episode, um, that I was a bridge, uh, a centric episode. I'm going with Hydrax. Hydrax okay. was interesting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, was was one interesting. The, that's one of the uh, earlier ones. Yeah. Rare female monsters of the week. Right. I wish they did that more often. Yeah. yeah that's one of, that's one of the earlier episodes too. That was a, um, if I'm not mistaken, that was a bridge focused episode. Yeah, yes. Was, that's what he said. Yeah. Um, and uh, she was a thief. Yeah. And mm-hmm. everybody else was so like, that's what's cool about that episode. Mm-hmm. And she was the, trying to frame another monster. Yeah. Everybody was so certain it was this monster. Yeah. Which it, plays into that, you know, that underlying prejudice and xenophobia. Right. Oh yeah. Which and, is funny and, because the opening narration of the show actually just flat out says 99% of the aliens who live on earth law abiding citizens. 
Peaceful. Right. And, Peaceful. And this goes back into uh, Deku too, because in Deku, they actually have to do more research about villains. So the fact that Bridge actually went out and did the footwork in this episode. Yeah, right on. Mm-hmm. And only Bridge could have figured it out because he, you know, he thinks very differently than everybody else. He picks up the dog and smells it. <laughs> Bridge, we don't smell dogs without permission. <laughs> <laughs> Although there's also a line where they uh, we find out that vaporizing somebody without permission is illegal. And I'm like, hold on, <laughs> wait hold on, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. You have consensual vaporization, <laughs> huh? <laughs> I don't think you thought that through. I mean, we all know those dark alleys, Nathan. You know, the red light God. district. <laughs> I, mean, I know Nathan knows all about the red light district. We know what goes on down there. Uh, mm. in, in the in the CD, back alley vaporizations, man, I've seen things in, in the back alley, like the really seedy parts of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, <laughs> back alley vaporizations, man. Uh, yeah, so they, they take it to the back of one of the strip clubs. Do you think you're going to get uh, you know, a hot lap dance? Nope, vaporization. I'm and I've got another one, or say I've got a few more here. I know we're going to park on for a little while and nathan you and i talked about this last night we again there was one of those ones we had to figure out where we, we wanted it yeah, i have just, one more and then we'll get to the big one yeah let's okay i'm let's i'm gonna let you do go ahead and do yours because you and uh, i are the gonna last share one that. i have it's more just because i like the design because it looks like an ultra kaiju <laughs> the dragool i like the name Ooh, tool the dragool yeah shows up a few times it, i wish they gave it a little bit more weight they made a big deal about it Mm-hmm. For a little bit, then it's oh, yeah, showing sure. up for a few episodes, and I'm like, "This thing looks cooler yeah. than the significance than you're, that you're uh, yeah, than the significance you're giving it." But because it's cool, I'll uh, I'll put it on the list. Doesn't yeah. do a whole lot. Doesn't have a lot of personality. It just looks awesome. Well, speaking of one that, uh, speaking of, speaking of one that actually kind of looks like an ultra kaiju, Al. Uh, the AI AI is AI. Let me look at the wiki here. uh, Double check. So it's a steak sauce. A one, um, or Al it's, I think it's Al. If I'm not mistaken, it's the, it's, it's from, uh, it's from the, uh, Oh yeah. It's the assistant to Mysticon. (laughs) This one looks like a Boris from the original Ultraman show. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> I've been saying for a long time, I think all of these tokusatsu companies borrow from each other constantly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's too bad he didn't have a uh, vanilla. That would have been kind of funny. Unless JR has something else. Uh, I want to save enough time here to talk about uh, a squad. Okay. So there isn't uh, this one isn't actually a monster of the week, but it is definitely one I want to point out. Because it's it's a robot driven by a blue head, but the shelf robot. Can we talk about the shelf robot? <laughs> okay, I need to look that thing up. So if so if Lord Zed to, if Lord Zed transformed the the container store into a monster, uh, that is what we would get. <laughs> so wait, so you're saying this robot is a big box store monsterified? It's. It's, it's the, the personification. Wal- Walmart Tron. It's the personification <laughs> of every nerd keeping his valuables safe. Yes. And he's keeping yes, his quite. miniatures locked away and safe. Yes. I, like, so I, it's, I, the col- it's the collector monster. It's the collector Tron. 
The Collectatron. The that Collectatron. Might be that might be better than any name we could come up with for it. <laughs> I, I like I saw that thing and again, I have I I give Power Rangers most of its four stuff, but I'm like, I saw that and I go, You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> it's just collecting. It's me out with adult money. <laughs> It's, it's like what is that oh god what is that um marato is that the robot's name well in the in i'm looking on ranger Le- i'm looking on morphin legacy here and it it's yeah, just- it, it is marato because that is that's the one from the samurai episode right yeah yeah, yeah. It's marato. yeah, yeah. yeah it looks like a, it looks like a giant There's robot with, with drawers. yes collectatron Collectatron. Collect them all. Robot. Yeah, robot god Morato. Collect them all, Atron. <laughs> oh my gosh. Jesus. <laughs> okay, now go back to being serious. Now we're going to go back to being serious. Okay, so um, I know we're going to park here for a minute, Nathan, because we talked about this last night, but my monster villain of the week are the a squad is a squad you and i went back and forth on this because we're like do do they count as rangers no do they count as technically uh, they're technically they're rangers yeah they're rangers they're original rangers cobbled together by recycling in space helmets Mm -hmm. but there's there's something with the a squad that because it never really describes tells why they decided to go yeah well see i like the idea that it's not mind control it's because they were basically persuaded to be on the winning side now i want to preface this by saying we put them in the monsters of the week because that's where we put the psychos and any of these other kind of evil ranger types now i like a squad for a lot of reasons they're still not the psychos the psychos are the evil ranger archetype perfected you can't touch them. But what I like about the A squad is that it's not mind control. In the comic strip I mentioned, they just mind controlled them. But I okay. like the fact that they chose to betray SPD and side with Grum. Yeah. Because they want to be on the winning side. They're being pragmatic. Or at least they think they're being pragmatic. Okay, I I, I think I think I think I'm just trying to look into it more because I want a definite what did it was it money i understand that and that is actually one of my little gripes yeah with spd is i wish we had gotten a little bit more time with a squad you know just like i wish you know cat had been a ranger a little bit more i wish we had gotten a little bit more time with a squad and you know to get to know them as characters at least a little bit seen them as characters before they go off on a mission, disappear for most of the show, and then come back, and that turns out they're villains. Right. Because I would have liked to have seen, you know, at least some groundwork done so we could understand why they would side with Grum. Mm-hmm. And also, I think they could have been used, they were used somewhat like this, but I wish they had done it more, where there's this constant comparison back to A Squad. Like, you know, I want A Squad back because now all I have is the B team. Or why can't you be as good as a squad or you or maybe the rangers like we have to live up to a squad right Right. you know because we're the b team you know and then we get threatened to be demoted to d team you know (laughs) d D squad you know so that 
I wish they had had a bit of a stronger presence. That being said, the 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 amount that they are utilized, I was happy with. And they have a good fight with the Rangers at the end, and that felt very satisfying because they were able to say, "Hey, we are better than a squad." Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that was a, that was a growth that was a growth moment for our Rangers in that moment. Yeah. But we get to see the other team members. The only ones, but the thing is, the only one who gets to be a real character is their leader, who's the lady. And the right. other characters, like, there's potential. They all look interesting. One of them's even an alien, right? Oh, oh yeah. like, I want more with these characters, but we don't get that. We just get them running out to go on a mission in the first in the pilot, and Bridge does his little. Or reading power, and he says there's something off about them, and then that's as much foreshadowing as we generally get. Well, and then there's the episode where they get that signal where the go- dude keeps saying they're not the, and then the message. Yeah, yeah, I, I really wanted that, like that, to be drawn out more because it's clear in that episode that message that they are being attacked. Mm-hmm. So I wish they had, you know, played with that a little more and been like, this is why Grom is better than SPD. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's one of my little gripes too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as it stands, they serve their purpose. Well, you know, it was satisfying to see them be defeated. I just would have liked a little bit more development of that. And I'm glad that it wasn't just mind control. Because that would yeah. have been that's overused and it's less and ultimately and it's it becomes less, less interesting. And it's less interesting than them making the decision for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Or as opposed to like the psychos just basically being created evil. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little more um it's a little bit more complicated. It's a little mm-hmm. bit more nuanced and complicated mm-hmm. than what we typically get with power yeah. rangers. I just wish they had leaned into it a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, now we get to our trademark section. We got to talk about the thematics of SPD. And there's a lot we could talk about. We've touched on some of it already. Xenophobia, prejudice. There's a lot of stuff going on in this. Mm -hmm. But what you and I settled on, Michael, the more we thought about it, because we're also trying to not use the same theme in in each season, because we thought about, like Lightspeed Rescue, talking about service. But after talking it over, honestly, the theme that I think encompasses most, if not all of the show is leadership. Oh yeah. Like, and, and sometimes, you know, throughout these seasons, it's been, it's been a little bit of a chore. Not, I won't say a chore. A chore makes it, makes it sound like it's not been fun, but it's, we've had to really work to find the theme in some of these seasons. And sometimes we will purposely go beyond the obvious, but in this case, the obvious thing is so incredibly obvious that, that it's obvious that we had to go with leadership for SPD. Yeah. And that applies to it applies definitely to Sky and Jack. It definitely applies to Kruger. And I, I think you can make the argument that it applies to a lot of the other characters in some form or another too. Mm-hmm. What do you think of that, Jr.? Honestly, I think you guys are you've hit the nail on the head a little better than I did. My my uh, guess of the theme of this one would have been teamwork because we considered that too. Yeah, because throughout the entire season, 
they seem to work together really well, but then they are, they'll go back to bickering with each other. Well, see, we considered a bunch of different themes. We cons- we considered teamwork. We considered honor. We considered we considered service. We considered duty. We considered um, oh god, what was another one? But we did think about uh, xenophobia, like I we, said. We thought about we thought about xenophobia, but that's like that. It's there, but it's not. It's like, not as big of a deal. It's but not, then. Yeah. But when we thought about the character dynamics, it all boiled down to leadership. Yeah. yeah it's leadership is the blanket Yeah, or leader, leadership is the thing that holds everything together because yeah. you can, you can make the argument that, that there's, that there's leadership being, there's examples of leadership in all the, in all the other aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, there's leadership uh, examples. Positive and, and negative. And positive, positive and negative in, in like the teamwork ex- in the teamwork examples with our team, like with uh, sky and Jack, you know, they have to learn to develop that team to, de- to develop, to develop their teamwork skills. Sky need, sky has to learn to trust Jack. Jack he has, has to learn to be humble. He wants to be the one in charge. He doesn't like being under Jack's leadership. And humility is a huge part of being a leader. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Jack, Jack is growing into, he was kind of thrust into this role as leader because, uh, uh, because Kruger saw something in him that maybe the others did that maybe Jack didn't even see in himself. So he has to learn how, how to be a leader. He has Mm -hmm. to develop his leadership skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Um, they, they both sky and Jack have to learn how to be better leaders, but they have to learn different things. mm -hmm. Jack has to learn to be responsible. Mm-hmm. Sky has to learn to be humble. Right. And to work on his people skills a little bit. And because to be less of a so and, by and, the book. And to be less of a dick. And to yes. be less rigid. Yes. And, Take the stick yeah, out so of his it, butt. That's why there's such great foils for each other, because they because they butt heads very a lot during the season, especially early on, but then they learn to be friends and they play off of each other. They kind of fill each other's role. That's why Sky is such a great second in command mm-hmm. to Jack because sky has the sky has more experience, but Jack has better people skills. Right. right. Yeah. They complement one another. And one of the, one of the more interesting episodes are, I, can't, I think this was, Oh, this was maybe episode three or episode four. This is oh, after, when, when sky has his conversation with Kruger. When well, it's when Sky has the conversation with Kruger, and they're out they're out doing the training exercises, and Jack doesn't participate because he says, "Oh, oh I'm, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm the leader now. I'm the leader now. I don't have to do this." And at the end of the and and at the end of the episode, you see Sky watching Jack from a distance and Jack is going through the obstacle course himself because Mm -hmm. he realizes to be a part of this team, he has to walk the same, he has to walk the same, um, uh, trajectory or the same path as his teammates to fully Mm -hmm. understand. Yeah. And that impresses sky, Mm -hmm. but you also have, and I'm sure this might be something we'll talk about in the lines a little bit, but I, I love that bookend conversation that sky has with Kruger. That I think shows his growth because like oh. I said, a lot of people don't like Sky because he's prejudiced, but then he comes full circle by the end because Kruger asked him because he is even in the first episode. Sky's like, I want to be Red Ranger. And Kruger asked him, if I made Sid Red Ranger, would you follow her into battle? 
And Sky's reply is, ha ha ha, she's a girl, sir. Yeah, and the crew's like, uh-huh. And then they move on. Final episode, Kruger asks him the same question. If I made Sid Red Ranger, would you follow her into battle? And Sky gives a very different answer. Mm-hmm. He says, sir, whoever, I would trust that whoever you nominated as Red Ranger is the best choice. Yeah, no. And then Kruger says, huh, well, you know what? You get to be Red Ranger. Because that was the last detail Kruger needed to make sure that Sky had learned enough to actually be the Red Ranger officially. Humility and a willingness to, well, it's humility and a willingness to not be selfish. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because in that first episode, when that question is first asked, Sky is only thinking about is the only thing he's thinking about is his own selfish ambition. Mm-hmm. In that final episode, Sky develops enough to say, you know what? It's not about me. It's about the greater good. It's about the greater whole of this team. Mm-hmm. And that and that really is what it like learning that level of humility and learning that level of teamwork really is a part of becoming an effective mm-hmm. leader. Yeah. And I do think that the best leaders are the ones who grow into it by learning how to be led. And then using that experience to be a better leader themselves. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. I was telling this actually. I was telling this to somebody um, at work because I'm an art director by day, and I so I train and I basically train and and work with a lot of younger designers or a lot of people who have been doing this uh, less than for less time than I have. And I made the I made a comment. Uh, to one of my directors, one of my creative directors that like the one thing I look for in a teammate, in a, in a person that I want to personally work with or work for me is, are they teachable? Mm-hmm. Are they willing to take direction? Are mm-hmm. they willing to kind of let their ego, put their ego aside and just be open-minded really essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And early on sky was not the most teachable guy. Oh no, 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 absolutely not. Like he thought he came in, he had this, he had this, and and this is not negating his legacy because he does have a really rich legacy with his father being a ranger and and all that stuff. And him and, and sky, let me just preface this by saying sky is qualified. He is, he is very much, he is very much qualified to do the job on paper on paper. He's guy makes the most sense to make leader team leader. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> in fact, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Sky even says, oh, it just makes sense to make me Red Ranger. Yeah, but I think Kruger wisely looked beyond what's on paper and said, you know what this team needs? It needs Jack because Jack needs to grow. And so does Sky. And if I do this, I can make them a better team. Well, that shows Kruger's leadership, too. Because yeah, I was going to say Kruger is an incredible leader in this because because Kruger Kruger, like part of part of the, the 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 part of leadership that I think Kruger uh, feels, and it's not just the 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 hard ass stuff, not just like pushing them and pushing them and pushing them to always be the best and to do their job, but it's th- the mark of a good leader is 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 learning and implementing wisdom and trying to instill that wisdom upon your other teammates. 
Mm-hmm. To, upon your upon your subordinates and bringing them up to the point where they don't need him as weird as that sounds they need to be able to function without him right oh yeah right and that was part of that sh- and i think it was part of that uh, that shadow two-parter as well was it was it the show it, it was the one after was, we talked about it was the one, one after, after. Yeah. it was the one after sorry um it was the one after where the rangers are just essentially like oh well he's the shadow ranger now mm-hmm. so i guess we don't have to do anything yeah yeah it, w- the thing that one of the things that makes kruger as effective as he is is that he's very good at seeing people's potential we see mm-hmm. that as he tells them you don't need me you have you already have what you need go do it well i mean it that and, even goes further in the episode the samurai episode mm-hmm. where jack is saying if oh if i only had the shadow saber i'd beat you and yeah, Kruger and he tells us like, "You think it's the sword? Right. It's the swordsman, right?" Because then he finds like, "You won! I didn't give you the real shadow saber, right?" <laughs> so it's incredibly profound. It's it's not about the tools. The tools are important. If you have broken tools, you're much less likely to succeed. What's more important is how you, as the tool user, because you can take a broken tool and you can make it work. If you're clever enough, well, it's the res- it's res- it's part of also being a leader is just being resourceful, mm-hmm. like re- being resourceful and uh-huh. and making the most of the sit mo- making the most of the cards you're dealt with, making the mm-hmm. most of the situation yeah. you're in. And, and I think I think that really plays nicely into this aesthetic of this kind of this more militant cop procedural where you do. If you're living, if you're a person that lives that that lives and works in that uh, vein, you do have to learn to be a little bit more resourceful mm-hmm. uh, with with what you're given. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is with Sky's particular part of the story is not only do we see him get promoted to Red Ranger in the end. If you read the Boom Studios comics, special in particular, I'm thinking of Soul of the Dragon. Yes, mm-hmm. thank you. He's he's actually in charge of SPD. He's Kruger. Yeah. He gets Kruger's job by that point. So he really comes up in the world. But I think he needed to, to grow into that in order to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what's great. But like I said, we it's not just, the most obvious examples of this are, you know, obviously you know, is Jack and Sky and Kruger. But I think the other characters illustrate it in some form or another in their own way. Bridge takes charge a couple of times and he doesn't make sense to everybody else until the end, but he still takes the initiative because that's a lot of times that's how you can display leadership is taking initiative. Mm-hmm. So we've talked about that with him. Z, she was on the streets with Jack doing the Robin Hood thing. So they were taking initiative in, in their own way. And she takes initiative on the team because she's you know looking after Sam and things like that. And she's being the empathetic leader. It, Sid, goes against what people are saying at least a couple of times and says, no, Rick is right. I'm going to help out Rick. I'm going to look into what he said. He Rick has to be right. You know, she is, 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 so she did it in her own way as well. We get negative examples of it with Grum who, you know, and Omni, the magnificence to a certain extent, but that's more manipulative leadership. That's more, selfish leadership i'm going to use you and i'm going to have something over you mm-hmm. and to make you do what i want you to do mm-hmm. yeah well we also see it in a negative connotation we also see it in a negative light with with people like birdie uh with characters yeah, like, who's with- even more who's even harder <laughs> than kruger yeah because birdie is essentially the police chief 
uh, for, or the, is it the police chief? No, he's the, police a, chief. the commissioner, the commissioner. There we go. The police, co- he's, he's essentially the police commissioner yeah. over SPD. And he's mm-hmm. a lot more of a hard ass than even Kruger is. Yeah. And, then and then he had to realize that this particular branch doesn't function exactly how he thinks it should, but it gets the job done. Well, right. he also learned humility himself when yes, he, he, when he went up we see him later with Because <laughs> we see him later with Cat, and he's nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, and Silverback, the drill sergeant. That's also a different kind of leadership. Again, you have to be really hard. And he made them go through a lot of things. Oh my God. That is mean. If you thought Kruger was mean, this guy's even meaner. That is an example of, of, of real tough love of real, of really tough love. Yeah. He was incredibly hard on them being, you know, being that drill sergeant. But then in the end, it's not because he's a jerk and he hates them. By the time it's over, he's like, you know what? You figured it out. Here's your power up. So yeah. the, that drill sergeant facade comes off. Yeah. So it, there's great examples, both positive and negative throughout the whole set. Even Kat displays it a little bit because she's the one who she, she's the one who can talk to Kruger. And so like, Hey, you need to lay off these kids a little bit or, yeah. Hey, I don't think this is the right decision or, Hey, I know something and you don't. I think she, she used language like, um, Hey, you, you're pushing them too hard. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're, you're, you're forgetting that these are just kids. Yeah. You know? They're young. They're young. They're, they're young. They're in, and you know, so you need, you need to grant them a little bit of grace. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, examples all around. And I think we could all learn some things from the leadership that we see exemplified in this season. Like I said, when we started talking about him, we need more Krugers in the world. We really do. Oh, I agree. Anyway, are we ready to talk about the awards? Uh, yes. JR, you ready for the awards? I'm good as gold. All right, <laughs> let's do this. So, these are the awards Thank that you, Michael stole Michael. from my other show. Thank you, no, Michael, I, damn it, Nathan, I <laughs> borrowed. <laughs> anyway, Girls of the Headship Men, our sister show. Uh, so, these are fun little awards that we give out to certain standout aspects of each season of Power Rangers that we talk about, starting with the Power Range of Motion for the best stunt or fight scene. JR, you're our guest. You go first. Okay, so typically in Power Rangers, I have to give it to anything, any stunt involving motorcycles. Uh, oh, there because uh, Power Rangers loves its motorcycles. Yeah. So you're going to give the award to the uh, motorcycle Megazord. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. Um, so, so my runner-up was uh, the fight against Grum and Kruger. Uh-huh. Where at the end? No, no, no! Motorcycle fight. Where oh, this is okay. when where this is he, when Kruger this is jumps when, uh, off the ATV, flying kick to Kruger or for to Grum's face, and then propels himself to kick him, do like an uppercut with his foot, and then comes <laughs> down on him with the sword. This yeah. is when uh, is well, this this is I when know. Kruger goes to save Birdie's. Yeah, that's when yeah, he goes to save Birdie. his bacon. Yeah. Yeah. That was my runner up. Save his giblets. <laughs> Save his giblets. Yeah. There we go. Uh, that was my runner up. 
my my real one goes to the fight in the bookstore between I think oh, it, with the keeper. Yeah, with the keeper. Because <laughs> okay. it turns out he's not a fool. That was awesome. I love the qu- close quarters and the uh, the amount of articulation they got in in such a small space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, just missed. That was the episode you're trying to remember. Yes. Yeah. Missed. So for my power range of motion award, I'm going to go ahead and give it to the to Kruger's first episode when he became the Shadow yes, Ranger. We have the same one. So, I love that fight. <laughs> I love that. I love the lead up to that fight, and then when it starts, it's just oh, it is so glorious. There's so there were a lot of good lines in the lead up to that. I'm like, oh, you are all candidates for the awards. <laughs> yeah, cry, one of my favorite ones be when he whips out the sword. And and he says, with the truest sword in the universe, I will right all wrongs. You know, <laughs> just, just, and then Banog says, I'm going to send a hundred crybots at at you. And he says, I will beat them all. And he does, <laughs> and he even gives us a counter, so we can. So it's actually so like, oh, you, th- you that we're not just saying he's going to beat a hundred crybots. We're going to keep track. <laughs> it's a little video gamey, but I like it. <laughs> A little, but it's appropriate. It's and it's such an epic. It is. I told you when I first watched it, and I told you just to be ready that the sh- that episode was going to be fantastic. Oh, I love it. That was. I, I'm just going to say it now. Quite possibly the most badass thing I've seen in Power Rangers so far. <laughs> wow, this wow. one caused. Wow, this one caused Marchand to actually say badass. Uh, <laughs> it deserves it. <laughs> Instead of the cop out of BA, he actually said badass. Guys, okay, uh, that's that's cool. Okay, yeah, uh, it, it, yeah, and that, it's just that whole sequence is just great, and it's funny because Kruger has one hundred. <laughs> Suit. <laughs> don't you remember which, it don't you forget so, so i'm wondering like that's that's really funny because we were talking about the suits having numbers and that could indicate that could be an indication of their rank where is the 100 coming from with Th- that's kruger's power level i guess it has to be <laughs> i mean it, it, when when boom dreams that he's an actual orange ranger they uh, made that suit and they only used it for that. <laughs> Dang it. It was a zero. <laughs> so I think that was part of the joke. <laughs> From zero to a hundred. Yeah. 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 Kruger is, that's his power level. And, okay. <laughs> and I did have a runner up because partly it, I don't think it's as good or exciting a fight in terms of the actual choreography and effects, but it's in terms of narrative value. It had a lot of weight to it, and that was Sky as the Red Ranger versus Murloc. Yeah, yeah, that's that that has a lot of yeah. It's it's the choreo the the choreography in that is not as good, like you said, but it does have a lot of just narrative significance to it. Yeah, for sure, absolutely, sure, for sure. So for our next award, it's our Ultra <laughs> SFX Zord Award. I got it right this time on the first <laughs> I was try. Say. <laughs> so this is the award where we talk about our favorite or what we consider the best special effect in this particular season. So JR, what is this award for you? I had this one pegged before I even watched the series. Uh Oh, the SWAT Megazord. Just the SWAT okay. Megazord in when, general. No, when it kicks the bullets out oh, of the air, the matrix thing. Yes. 
I, I was like, I, I can't give it to anything else. That's just too bad. Eh? That was, that was pretty epic. I have I to think, say. Didn't you give, uh, when we talked about time force, Nathan, didn't you give bullet? Wasn't bullet time? Your yeah, there was the bullet time scene in the first, I think yeah. in episode two, it was like, epi- yeah, it was episode, episode two or two. three. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That makes sense. I'm like, then. thank you. Time force for reminding me the matrix just came out. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm gonna piggy I'm gonna piggyback off of well actually no I'm gonna change my award because I had an award and I'm gonna, I had an award and now I'm gonna change it just because I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep it consistent with some other with some other past episodes and say Megazord riding a motor a gigantic <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> Just to piss me off. Just to give it, just to stick it to JR. You, JR, you forgot. He's Ego Ranger. <laughs> just, no, okay. So I think that that, I actually do think that that is a cool scene. In my, in my opinion, I think it's a cool scene. And when we talked about Dino Thunder, I gave the award to the, di- to the, to the Dino Thunder Megazord uh, riding a Stego surfboard. I mean, come on. It's, I'm keeping things consistent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I like yeah. I like things riding on top of other things. <laughs> Nobody read into that, please. <laughs> We're trying to keep this a friendly family show. <laughs> that is a family suddenly, suddenly, I am thinking of Common Rider in a completely different light now. But it could, it could, I could be talking about surfing. I could be talking about riding a motorcycle. I could read. I could be talking about riding bareback. Thoughts, I could be talking. <laughs> <laughs> which is a truth, which is a term. Riding bareback is when you ride horses without a saddle. Uh, <laughs> that's not the bareback you were thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but I do, but I do actually have a runner up. And I know and I was I was actually thinking you were gonna take this one, JR, so that's why I changed my award. Um the Megatron gun. Yeah, that was mine. Just Delta the Megazord Command Megazord gun. with SWAT Megazord in gun mode. Right. Yeah. It only really happens once. Uh-huh. And so it's the Zords doing the gun, the cannon finishing move that the Rangers normally do. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Because like I said, we, we didn't really talk about this. This show played around with the formula, the normal Ranger formula quite a bit. I think this oh, was part God, of it. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, I wish because we did. sometimes they start with a Zord fight. And then they end with a regular fight which, or they switch back and forth. It doesn't which, always end with a Zord fight, which I think, which I think actually adds to as absurd as it sounds, uh, adds to its authenticity and groundedness. Because if you're in civil service like this, if you're a cop or you're just a civil, if you're a public servant, life can be a little unpredictable. And I think that that kind of is reminiscent of that. Hmm. True. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I'm digging a little deeper than I should there. Probably. Let's there move on to more phenomenal Mad Libs for the best line. And good Lord, were there a lot of choices? Oh, oh yeah. I, I know I've said before that what I look for in a best line is it has to either be awesome, profound, or funny. And if you can get both, it get multiples even better. So what did you guys have? What did you have? Jr. Okay, so I have two runner-ups. Um, my first runner-up is now they match. 
when he cuts off the other uh, the horn. Or, yes. Yeah. At the end, because uh, the because that's that's Grum's connection to Kruger is he chopped off one of the horns on his head. And for any of you people that have uh, the typical OCD, where one thing has to match the other, there you go. <laughs> that that drive you crazy? Yeah, just a little bit. Okay, uh, my second one is actually from um, it's another doggy Kruger line, but it's actually from the. Uh, it's not history. It's the second Dino Thunder. Wormhole. Wormhole, yeah. Uh, and that is... Crap, I can't... My notes are all over the place here. That is... It's true you have us outnumbered, but remember, it's not the size of the fight of the dog. It's the size of... Uh, or it's not the size of the dog in a fight. It's the f- size of the fight of the, the dog. Fight in the dog, which and is then, actually a Mark Twain line. And then I he that up. ends it. And then he ends it. No one gets in and everybody. No one gets in the circle. No one no gets, one in, gets the in the circle. And that was great. Yeah. The I have opinions about that crossover, but that was a great moment. <laughs> I have, I have my, I have a head cannon for that, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah. my actual one goes to cat though. And that is, um, resisting what you fear can only bring it into ex- existence. Mm. Uh, cat had a couple of really, Good ones. Another one that I also considered from Cat was she said, I think this is just a very real thing to bring up, which is hope can, I think she basically said hope can be a dangerous thing if you let it consume you. Right. That's what and she. And I'm like, oh, that hits home so hard. Yeah, that's what she said to him when the pro, uh, the idea of Icenia prospect being, of Icenia being alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're you're set when you when you hope sometimes, and I and I believe I'm somebody who believes that you always have to have hope. You always have there always has to be some level of hope within within people. But when you allow hope to cloud your judgment, that is the that is when it gets dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. All right, Michael, what did you have? So I had uh, two. I had. I think uh, I, I changed mine a little bit because I think I know which ones you're picking, and I'm like, we need to talk about them. Well, yeah, that's. Um, I have two. I have a runner-up, and then I have a primary. So my runner-up is that last line from Kruger to Mora when she's go when she's trying to make another monster, and she's and she's like, my book is out of pages. What am I going to do? And Kruger just says, use your imagination. And then he, lo- <laughs> and then he locks her away. And I just thought that it was a pretty on several levels. It does. I just thought that was a pretty badass line. My primary, however, and this is one you and I talked about earlier mm-hmm. today, Nathan was the conversation between Jack and sky where Jack looks at sky and says, um, Oh God, what is the exact line? Um, being a ranger, being a ranger is knows no color or, Oh, what is the exact line? I didn't write it down. Because oh, I thought he, I could remember heroes it. come in different colors. Hero, heroes come uh, in heroes all colors. Come in all colors. Heroes come in all colors. And that like you could take that so many different ways. And that It plays into the theme of leadership for mm-hmm. sure. But it also is one of those things where it's a profound line that has a double meaning working within a particular context. In yeah. this case, you the very color-coordinated superheroes. Mm-hmm. Colors also, are a big deal in Power Rangers, sometimes arbitrarily so. Mm-hmm. 
But that ma- this makes it incredibly interesting because, it, it, for one thing, it's coming from a black man to a white right. man. Mm-hmm. So right. there's, that's interesting right there. And it's mm-hmm. being addressed to somebody who is prejudiced. Mm-hmm. And it's also playing to the fact that, hey, I'm Jack. I get to be the Red Ranger. I'm the leader. But mm-hmm. Sky, I know you've got leadership qualities, too, even and though you're, you're as blue. Equally, and you're as, you're as equally as important. Yeah. Even yeah. though I'm te- even though I'm technically the leader as the Red Ranger, you being blue does not diminish your ability to be a leader. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It works on so many levels. <laughs> and it's such a simple, it's just such a simple line, but if, in whatever, like you can, Again, but in you, lesser hands, <laughs> in lesser hands, you could draw so much out of it. I think, um, I think you and I were talking about you. I, we, we said this about time force and I think that I'm going to be able to say this about the same thing with SPD, where I think SPD is as important or even more important today as it was back in 2005. Agreed. Yeah. We could all learn some things from SPD. I really think so. Absolutely. <sighs> yeah. Now, uh, my runner up, I went with the awesome line first, even though I really considered it. I said the lead up to Kruger fighting the hundred crybots and Banog was just epic. My favorite, the line I went with, because it was, it was just amazing, is when he's standing out in the, the quarry, because Sentai and Power Rangers love their quarries, <laughs> and he's calling out General Banog. And he's standing there and he says, I have come to avenge the spirit of my people, the honor of my fallen comrades, my wife. Now show yourself. (laughs) We need more doggy Krugers. We need more Krugers. (laughs) Because like when you were were saying that with the inflection, I heard his voice (laughs) and I heard the gruffness in it. I was like, oh my gosh, I love that man. I love that dog. I love that dog. (laughs) So is Rick best boy or is Kruger best boy? (laughs) Rick's best robo boy. There you go. go. But the line that I had to go with, and this is one of those more profound ones and it plays into the, you know, the prejudice that also kind of underlies the show a little bit. And there's some interesting commentary that I think could be mined from the idea that we have these very official government sanctioned Rangers again here. And it comes from Piggy. Weirdly enough, Piggy had some great lines, but this was the one that was really the most profound for me because I think it speaks to a very key facet of human nature. And he says to the Rangers, humans, you're so anthrocentric. I love the fact that they invented this cool word. Don't you realize that to them, you're the monsters? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, because that's speaking to the fact that these are you know, unscrupulous aliens who are scared of SPD because they're like, they're going to arrest me, whether I, you know, maybe some think I haven't done anything wrong, but they'll arrest me anyway. Or some are like, I have done something wrong and I don't want to be arrested. But it also, I think, speaks to the fact that, and I think this is just human nature, even if we're at a point where we're putting, a, they're putting a lot of prejudice behind them, you know, skin color doesn't really seem to matter. Sky has a lot of prejudices, but it doesn't seem like any of it is actual racism, you know, in mm-hmm. terms of human skin color. Right. It's other things. Mm-hmm. It may be, it may be, 
at least because of sexism, I, admittedly, there is there's sexism. I agree. There is a lot of there is a lot of sexism with with Sky. Yeah, it may not be necessarily, and I'm going to try to play a little bit of devil's advocate here. And so it's, it may not necessarily be like overt, overt racism, but there is, but sky does seem like he plays into some of the stereotypes or he, he does, believes, or he believes some of the stereotypes that, you know, have been. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ingr- but the thing is, is that this was picky. Wasn't just indicting sky. He was indicting all of them. Mm-hmm. He was sure. basically saying humans, you don't trust things that aren't human. And we see that with Sophie, the Android girl, we see it to a certain extent with what Piggy thinks is the attitude that the humans are giving to the aliens who are living on the uh, uh, living on Earth now. And I think that really just speaks to a very key aspect of human nature. Even if we overcome one prejudice, we'll probably end up developing a new one. Mm-hmm. If we made first contact with aliens. Yeah, sure. Maybe racism, as we know, it would go away. This is actually a sci fi concept that I want to play around with in my own stories. Okay, maybe skin color, human skin color won't matter to us anymore, but we're probably going to have prejudice toward the aliens that we've met. It's a different type of prejudice. Yeah, the prejudice still exists. It just shifts targets. It shifts to a new object because I think it's just human nature and say, you know, anthrocentric, you know, anthropology, human, you are human centric. That's all you think about. That's a very profound indictment. And, you know, it's, it's all about perspective. You know, is that like, you think we're the monsters? You look like the monsters to us. Wow. What a loaded line coming from the comic relief character. No doubt. No less. Well, I think it, it, it also plays into what we were talking about earlier, where, or why, what I was talking about earlier, where I walk, I went into SPD expecting it to be very overt, a lot like time force. And it was, it ended up being a lot more subtle than what I expected in, but in that subtlety, I think that it's a lot more powerful Mm -hmm. because it causes the audience to really kind of digest what's being said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thoughts, JR? No, I mean, like when, I mean, you're right. Cause when you were talking about uh, all that, you mentioned the Sophie episode and that's exactly what I was thinking. At that exact moment, I was like, mm-hmm. that Sophie episode says it all, not only about yeah. Sky, because you can see he has a line in there that says uh, uh, he's already got a problem with women, authority women. But then he lines, uh, adds on and to think it was something like to think she was an android or we trusted her or something like that. And that's not only speaking for Sky, but that's all of them. All of them were like, ooh, an android. We can't trust an android. And Bridge was that one person. And I was like, what are you guys talking about? And then Cougar just was like, why should being an android make you treat her different? Yeah. Yeah. And I wish they had kind of explained why there's that prejudice toward robots. You know, just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Or, or cyborgs. Right. I think they said she was a cyborg, actually. Well, I th- android cyborg. She's not entirely human. And that's an issue. Yeah, I so, don't know. I think I think at that point it was just, you know, she's a she's part robot. She didn't hack into our base. Yeah. And I honestly yeah. do think even though SPD by being set 20 years ahead of the, you know, the present day timeline kind of muddies the Ranger timeline universe a little bit, but I do think we are seeing what eventually 
becomes the prejudiced or mutants that we see in the year 3000 in time force. Mm. I think you could at least make that connection. I don't know if that was intentional on the creator's parts, but I think you can make that connection. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the beginnings of it. Cause again, humans found another group of people to, well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it to hate. Yeah. Yeah. Whether they had good reason or not, they found a new group of people to hate. Yeah. So that, like I said, that hit hard. That hit hard. But now for something a little bit lighter, let's talk about, I I, I can't believe that happened for the craziest moment. (laughs) Now, here's the thing. A lot of times I try to go for fun ones or absurd ones. Admittedly, this is one that made me angry, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> JR, what did you have for the I, I, I can't believe that happened award? I, I, I can't believe that happened award. Uh, let's see. I had, uh, as a runner up, I had Mora making Grum and Broodwing have a tea party with her before she <laughs> uh, divulged the master plan to get rid of the Rangers. You know, again, that could have just come across as incredibly silly and undermined the characters, but it plays into the fact that they're like, okay, fine, we indulge the child so we can get what we want. Right. You know, indulge the child. <laughs> Okay, Claw. <laughs> uh, Shut up, Kendra. Tell me what I want to know. <laughs> my my actual award, uh, I call it the coming to Christ moment, where Piggy, okay. Piggy reaches out into the universe. Have I done the right thing? <laughs> and then lightning strikes his business and it rolls down a hill and it explodes. And then Piggy breaks the fourth wall by looking straight. Straight in the camera. <laughs> Speaking of the come to Christ moment, fun fact, it's kind of a throwaway line, but Jack mentions that his parents were missionaries. I did catch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did mm-hmm. catch that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently yeah, yeah. he didn't know when his birthday was, which I think is an interesting detail. That is an interesting detail. Very interesting for, detail. I actually, again, I had two uh, for my, I, I, I can't believe that happened award. Uh, the first one is my runner up and I'm just going to give it to the Megatron gun because I didn't get to give it to it earlier. Um, <laughs> but the, uh, the SWAT Megazord finishing move, just because it's incredibly it's absurd. <laughs> it's just incredibly absurd. Um, my, actual award is this may be considered a little bit of a cop out and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with any of our like directly with our characters but i i i can't believe how well spd was handled oh Oh. interesting choice I can't believe how how well this series. I, I will confess. I think this is probably the biggest surprise that I've had on this show so far. I'm I was pleasantly and I told you, Nathan, before when we started getting when we started getting into the Disney era, I told you I'm going in with an open mind for these things because I haven't watched them. And um, you know, me being someone who enjoys that original run of the show, I actually kind of came in with low expectations, not just with SPD, but just with this entire, but with this era of the franchise, I'm incredibly pleased with how well SPD was handled. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, it was, like I said, the biggest surprise that I've had so far. The rest of these shows have basically met my expectations or not quite met my expectations. This one exceeded them mm-hmm. in oh, yeah. the best way possible. And I and I absolutely I absolutely believe that regardless, regardless of whether they would regardless of whether a show, a, a series like or a season like SPD could be made today. I think that it should be. I think that it yes. should be. I should. I think that it should at least be given the chance to. Um, you know, I know that it was. I know that with like Sentai's like Lupin Ranger versus Pata Ranger. I know that there's conversations that have been had by people in the fandom. I think the showrunner Simon Bennett has said that you know it would be prob- quote unquote problematic to adapt that Sentai. In I, for for legitimate and i think questionable reasons well for legit for legitimate reasons and for reasons i won't say questionable but more debatable there we go for debatable reasons because i think that you can have a series like spd that paints uh you know authority and leadership and public service and public servants in a positive light and it's still be meaningful and it, and you still be able to draw something out of it. Um, would it be made today? I doubt it. I doubt something like SPD would be made today, unfortunately, but I feel like also SPD is one of those seasons that is well, is way ahead of its own time. I think mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. All right. For mine, I was going to save this for a, for another episode, but you know what? I have to, Oh, no. Master activated. Okay. This goes to the crossover episode. <laughs> I have serious <laughs> issues with this crossover. Episode. Which, this, which this, the, the everything else that really. I have brought up about SPD has been little nitpicks. You know, things like, I wish there was a little bit more development for this. The a pile little of time small with things, this. Nathan. Yeah, it's not as big as, they're not as big as Dino Thunder. But... SPD does have one huge black mark against it. And that is <laughs> the crossover episode drove me insane because the first one didn't have as cool a team up, but the story was better. The second one had the better team up because both we got the entirety of both teams for the most part but it was full of plot holes. So it drove me nuts. And I was so angry. And I love the concept of in part one, the Dino Rangers, that Dino Thunder Rangers come to the future. And then in part two, the SPD Rangers go to the past. And we establish that the Dino Thunder Rangers are in 2004 and 2005. That is solidified. We were debating how long it had been in the Dino Thunder episode. SPD makes it clear. It also confirms that SPD is in 2025. Okay. okay. That's great. And I love the Dino Thunder Rangers, so it was exciting to see them again. But then the whole thing just kind of falls apart. It does not live up to everything that it could have been. They didn't get JDF back. They couldn't, they didn't accommodate him to fly him over to New Zealand for the crossover. So they had the guy who played Trent voice him over. Tommy has always morphed. He's not even in the first one. (sighs) But the biggest issue I have is there's a lot of things I can say about the crossover that just didn't live it up. Most of them don't make this. There are worse crossovers, admittedly. 
Someone please explain to me, at least in part one where they said, hey, we need to send you back to 2005. We have to erase your memories. The fact that we have the ability to erase people's memories and also we have badges that magically determine guilt or innocence right there. That's I get it. It's a fun gimmick, but it's also weirdly Orwellian in a way. (laughs) But so they're like, we need to send you back with your memories erased to not interfere with the timeline. Fine. Why the frick does Kruger erase the memories of the SPD Rangers and himself at the end of part two to go back to the future? Why? I'm sitting over here laughing. Why? <laughs> Why do they have to do that? That makes no freaking sense. What are you worried about with the time? Well, you're going back to the future. You're not going to stay there. What the frick? Not only that, but you didn't erase Sam or Tommy's. So are we to believe that Sammy, that is Sammy, that Sam and Tommy still remember everything? Or did you neuralize them off camera? Do you want my head? What about cannon? everybody back at SPD? Cat and all the rest of them. They know you went back in time. Do you want my head cannon them? now? Do you want what? my head cannon now? Breathe, yes, Nathan. please, because this about broke me when he I watched needs, it. He needs to take no a breath. He, sense. he needs to take a breath, Jar. Give us your head cannon. <laughs> my head cannon is Tommy is the only one that still remembers that SPD is a thing in the future. Therefore, he starts training his kid to become SPD green. Therefore, he because has of Soul of the Dragon. Soul of the Dragon. There you go. It's confirmed. Because Sky is running SPD. Yeah, well, I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that part. I don't understand why Kruger had to erase their memories at the first place. I'm just trying to get you to calm down, man. <laughs> you know, your friend, your fr- our friend, I should say, Jack, said he likes Rantmaster. So Rantmaster gets a cameo today. <laughs> he'll be well, uh, he'll be uh, locked and loaded and ready to go when we get to some future well, episodes. Well, but- well, well, Jack also has poor poor taste too. So. <laughs> uh, it just it just we're I, about I don't understand. other than the 2017 movie. You can shut up. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Rantmaster Two, uh, aka Michael, is probably going to come out for that one. So I can't, no. I can't wait for you to be wrong more. <laughs> yeah, but so fine. I I will go with Tommy knows. I'm cool with Tommy knowing. That's actually an interesting concept. But I don't. I just don't understand. I can even understand erasing their memories again, again, messing with the timeline. But why SPD? You know what's going to drive you even more insane? What? Why was Mora a kid in the second episode? Yes, I don't understand that either. The crossover is just <laughs> it's so full of plot holes. Why? My, my thing is, I thought I think they meant to have that as a earlier episode, and Probably. they just forgot to edit it for TV. Probably. I, I heard that some of the episodes aired out of order. Wormhole wasn't even shown. Uh, on TV, apparently there was there were issues. Just God. and I'm just sitting over here thinking to myself, it's one of the most underwhelming crossovers we've seen. No, it is, but wrong. like I said, there are worse ones. Looking at you, Lightspeed Rescue and Lost Galaxy. Mm. There are worse ones, but it's but the the Dino Thunder. And I know everyone's probably going to get mad at this because they everyone loves Dino Thunder. I get it. I understand. I love Dino Thunder too. But this crossover is probably one of the more underwhelming ones we've yeah, seen so far. The, the Dino Thunder characters deserve better. Yeah, they really do. I My biggest problem with the crossover is that both Jack and Connor go Battleizer, and they never use them. Yeah. 
I'm like, oh, okay. Is this just a pissing yeah, contest right now? Connor's most OP battleizer ever. Called win mode. Uh, yeah, the I win mode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's, it's it's true. <laughs> He's got one of the best battleizers ever. Triassic mode. Oh my gosh. I had opinions about that too. But oh, no. I just, yeah, I just, if someone, someone please, 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 you could shut Rantmaster up about this by just explaining to me. No prize this for me because I really want to know. I don't understand. I need an explanation. So please explain it to me. What's even funnier is that I can laugh about that, yet the Megazord still pisses me off. (laughs) (laughs) Different strokes, you know. (laughs) I can I can wipe that out without a problem, but no, I have a serious issue with everybody's safety inside that walking Megazord. <laughs> I guess that just shows what kind of a person you are, Jr. <laughs> everybody should be dead. <laughs> wow! Wow! wow. I was trying to say you were compassionate, but nope. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't think he's calling for everybody to be dead, but everyone. I said, yeah, I mean, he's right. Everyone would probably be dead. If yeah. That was- okay. Let, let's but be before, honest. Before this comes off the rails again, uh, you know, let's put Rantmaster back in his room. And Jr., Please. you want to tell us what time it is? Uh, it's some kind of, um, you know, time where we get together and we henshin, otherwise known as it's morphin time. (laughs) All right. This is where we give our final thoughts. I don't know if we can do it in a minute. Uh, Did we decide that we had to expand it to a minute and a half? 90 seconds. All right, guys. 90 seconds. All right, guys. Fanboy 50. Let's go. Yeah, <laughs> no, you get thirty. It's thirty seconds for each. And apologies, listeners, with attitude, we forgot to do that with Kim. We'll try to remedy that. <laughs> we'll we'll, re- we'll try to remedy. Well, I think we'll try to remedy that next episode uh, and do our final thoughts. I know yeah, it's like considering two episodes later. how long we've gone. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, my- we'll do that. We'll do that next time. I'm I'm sorry. We'll uh, we'll try to get up with Kim in the next uh, few weeks and uh, just record a quick final thoughts and then input it in there so all right all right all right gentlemen it's morphin' time ready set go 90 seconds all right so final thoughts on spd like i was saying this has been the biggest surprise that i've had on this journey so far i was expecting spd to be cornier to be I was expecting to be at least a little bit disappointed and then it blew my expectations out of the water. I don't want to telegraph it too much, but when we do a ranking episode, quite possibly this is going S tier. Oh, absolutely. This is one of my favorite seasons we've talked about so far, honestly. Like I like I said earlier, and I kind of gave my final thoughts when I was talking about my III Can't Believe That Happened Award, that how well the creators of this show and how well the showrunners did with this show with it, with this particular season was amazing. And I loved every minute of, it. I recommend SPD to anybody who just loves good story, good characters and good Ranger action. This was definitely the series I got back onto uh, the train for. Uh, I started watching it through the TV's actual week by week and gotta say, I fell in love with power Rangers all over again. It's incredibly deep. It does with uh, deep motifs and it's just a whole heck of a lot of fun. 
And like Michael said, I could not recommend this to more people. Just go watch it and enjoy life. Wow, you got done a few seconds early there, JR. Yeah, it's like was, it's like you know what you're doing. It's like he was like he, practiced. He, 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 was, he was like three seconds under. I was ca- I was I, was, I, I, was I had my clock in. too. I was looking at it. Yeah. yeah. We actually all went about 30 seconds apiece because yeah. we're kind we're awesome like that. Oh yeah. I mean, some of us are more awesome than others, but you know. Yeah, sure, just, ego ranger. <laughs> Lego my ego. Uh, <laughs> what color are you as ego ranger? I told you purple and green. Yeah, purple and green. That's right. That's right. Purple and green. Purple and green. All right. Just so I can spot you out of a crowd. Yep. And take you out first. <laughs> because my nar- because my narcissism just can't control itself. Is that what you're trying to say, JR? Yep, basically. Yep. The psycho <laughs> rangers are looking at you and saying, cool it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, next- but uh, next up, just to let everybody know, we've got SPD, quite possibly the longest episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> in the can and next episode it's just michael and i again and we're going to be talking about power rangers mystic force oh you guys have fun with that hey okay look i'm just gonna say this now i've already i'm almost finished with mystic force and i have been pleasantly surprised by by how much i've enjoyed it from a tokusatsu perspective because mystic force has some really interesting visuals but some of the complaints of mystic force i totally understand where folks have been coming from yeah well i'm just gonna sit there like you know what this isn't going to be spd good but i'm going to enjoy it for now because i'm not looking forward to what's right after that right it's it's like this is the softball compared to what we're getting like the next two episodes are gonna i'm anticipating those to be a little bit rough but like i said Earlier on in this episode, I've been going through this Disney, the, the, the Disney era with an open mind and just trying to enjoy them for what they are. Um, but Mystic Force to, to project a little bit, I've I've been able to have fun with Mystic Force. I'm sorry, I just can't get past the Centaur Megazord. <laughs> really? That's one of my favorite parts. I, is the I Centaur can't, Megazord. I okay, can't do it. save it for the show. <laughs> That closes the coloring book on Power Rangers SPD. Um, so, Jr., thank you, man, for coming on here and, and talking with us. I I know this has been a long episode. It's been a long afternoon. I get it, and we just thank you for for hanging out with us and being a trooper. Uh, I I can on you can probably honestly say that you this is the only podcast you've been on that has needed an intermission. Um, True, but. But there is a lot of ground to cover. There's a lot of material to cover with these seasons, and it's just to be expected at this point. So, Jr., before we get out of here, uh, go ahead and tell the folks about a little bit more about yourself, where they can find you, about other projects you're involved in. The floor is yours. Okay. Well, yeah. First of all, I just want to say thank you guys for inviting me on and being your second slash third guest. That's a real honor. And I got to talk SPD, so yeah. none of this was work to me. You this are is- our proverbial sixth ranger. Oh, or proverbial third ranger. I don't, whatever, because there's two of Don't you. read too much into it. All right. Anyway, uh, my name is JR. I run another podcast with uh, three of my other friends, Jack, who's an asshole, Rebecca, who's <laughs> an artist, 
and uh, Dave, who is just I would I would call Dave the DC gatekeeper. If the, if there ever needs to be a DC gatekeeper, that's Dave. Um, it's called the Drift Space. We're trying to work on new content right now, so sorry for uh, being gone for a few months, but we're working on some new material. You can also find me over at Instagram at Little Man Cosplay, and I am on Twitter, Little Man underscore says one. Mm-hmm. And TikTok. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm on TikTok now. Uh, that's making some of the best TikTok content you'll ever see. I don't. Mind you, the bar's not very high on that one. I was going to say I don't feel like it's some of the best content. I just have fun on TikTok and <laughs> screw everybody else. Uh, it's not some of the best content. It's just content. Yeah, basically, <laughs> it's just content. <laughs> that that's a uh, little man. <laughs> little man says. I think is my mm-hmm. tag. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. Let's uh, land this Delta Megazord. (laughs) So with that, listeners with attitude, may your toast always be buttery. May your Rick be best boy. And may the power protect you. Thank you for listening to The Power Trip, a podcast produced and hosted by Michael Hamilton and Nathan Marchant. If you'd like to send us feedback, email us at powertrippod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter, where our handle is at thepowertrippod, and join our official Facebook group, Power Rangers Legacy. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and other great podcasters. The podcast logo was designed by Rebecca Hudgens. Follow her on Instagram at super underscore r underscore illustrations. Our theme songs are from the album Power of the Grid by Neil Stenson. We also use Galaxy Quest Instrumental by Heaven Wraith from the OC Remix album Jet Force Gemini Mizar Attacks. All film and audio clips belong to their respective copyright holders and no infringement is intended or implied. The Power Trip has no association with Saban Entertainment or Hasbro. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and or Podchaser to spread the word about the show. And until next time, see ya! This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media, LLC.